Hey, everybody, it's Ben Kwam, co-host of hopefully your favorite podcast, Libations for Everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by Foundry Nation. Foundry Nation loves THC. Born in Minnesota, they partner with farms throughout the Midwest to supply high-quality seed-to-table THC products. Uh, I've tried their sodas such as Orange Tangy, Strawberry Fields, and Granddaddy Purple. They're incredible. I love them. They're fantastic. Great CBD treats for dogs. They have all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. As our partner, they're offering all of our listeners an exclusive 20% off with the code LIBATIONS20, capital L-I-B-A-T-I-O-N-S-2-0. The future is dope. Thank you so much. Now, let's get on with the show. She said, when are you coming back? I said, uh, that Tuesday. And she said, okay, just make sure you're back by like 7 p.m. And I was nice. like, oh, I land at 4.30. So I landed and then we went to a metal show. And I was like, I feel pretty good about my age 41 yeah. New York trip that I came back from six days of eating and drinking and went straight to a metal show with my wife. What was, what, <laughs> I, I have to ask, what, what were your wife's thoughts on the show? I know that you guys' musical tastes are okay. slightly divergent. You're not even going to believe me when I say this, but... She was headbanging. She, <laughs> she really liked it, and she's been listening to metal. <laughs> That's wild. So it took Amon Amarth to convert her. She's been listening to Metallica, Amon Amarth, and I, a couple other okay. bands, I think. But she was working out to Metallica. I got in her car one day, and she was listening to Amon Amarth. I was like, what is going on here? I didn't think I could be more that attracted is to you. <laughs> I can't, I, honestly, the hardest, the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around in that entire thing is her head banging. I just don't know if I can picture that. Oh, I tried taking a video and I caught just the last one. Oh. And then it was the end of one of the songs and I was like, fuck. And I didn't get another chance. She That's just awesome. almost always has this like, like brilliant smile on her face. And I just like it's hard to imagine like headbanging and still smiling, yeah. but that's that's just all I'm picturing right now. Hey, I, I <laughs> actually probably the widest I smile is probably when I'm headbanging. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I I have the I got the the angry man face like it's sure. the sometimes yeah sometimes this sometimes that depends on the the energy of the band. The uh, to quote a number of '90s rap songs, it's 100% the gas face that I have going on. Like, the, mm, mm-hmm. like like this is so good. I feel like it's thanky. That's yeah. usually like, thank you. Mm, 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 mm. That's usually where it's yep. at. It's also a little bit of you know little little old face mixed in there. <laughs> the vinegar strokes, if <laughs> yeah. you will. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you can't headbang with that face. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's uh, I do have to admit though, especially with my uh, giant fucking head, uh, my shoulders are sore when I. When I had bang like, <laughs> a show, yeah. I remember after the uh, after the Slayer Anthrax show, the next day I was like, when somebody would ask me a question, like all of my shoulders turned when I had to look <laughs> at somebody. They'd be like, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, no, I just I got in the pit for uh, fucking bring the noise, and I maybe shouldn't have. And here we are. It's a good workout. Yeah, it w- absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I had bruises all across my chest and back, which is one of the benefits of being my height. Is none of those <laughs> none of those elbows went to my face. People just bouncing off your back. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. At one point, I thought it would be really funny because a number of my friends were were up on the first deck, like looking down. And I ran into the middle, and then I just froze. I just stopped and was staring at the band. And they were like, "Dude, we tried to get pictures of it. It was so hilarious because there was just this giant man in the middle. Because I ended up looking like a post." 
And then everybody was just in a circle around it, just yeah. going. People were just like hitting me, and I was just trying to stay as still as I could. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's jump in. That reminds me of Brock Lesnar at X-Fest when everyone got out of the pit except my super high friend, Jeff, and he threw him like a Frisbee. Oh, Literally for sure. threw him like a Frisbee. I do love that It was you like a fucking, it was like a comedy movie. You know what I mean? It was like a sophomoric humor comedy <laughs> movie. Everybody leaves except this like, so JP, I don't think you ever met Jeff, but he looked like Connor, who he used to work with at Comarchex. Like a, he's like 5'8", long blonde hair, and super high, beat red face. <laughs> Everyone gets out of the pit except him. I think I told the story on like episode 10. Yeah. We're now on like episode 70. No, th- I think this is 69. 69, bro. Nice. <laughs> He's the only guy who stayed in the pit, and Brock just picked him up and literally threw him like a Frisbee. He's like, he must have spun. He, I think he did two full rotations in the air. Like, <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah, because remember I did that? <laughs> okay, I want to know, know. What was the reaction when he got thrown? Did he just get up and go, all right, I got I to gotta get out of here or what? He kind of just stumbled off. Dazed and confused. Literally. He was like, he was like halfway hurt. It's like when, it's like when you have like a really hard spill and you hit your knee, yeah. and you try to get up and walk it off, but everybody knows you're hurting real bad. Yeah, yeah, because you're limping, you know, like real bad. Pretty much, human beings when they're originally hurt, yeah. they haven't come to terms with it quite yet, and they act like they're not hurt. Yep, and it's mm-hmm. much later they're like, I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Really well, hurt. every I mean, <laughs> I everyone, doctor, everyone has seen somebody like the minute you completely wipe out on whatever vehicle you're on or, or mode of transportation, like a bike, rollerblades, like whatever. The minute you have like a massive wipeout, the first thing you do is try and walk away. Uh-huh. Like do the, like the stiff walk. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. I'm man. fine. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm not fine. Oh fuck. That really hurts. And then you like lay back down. Uh, that's my, uh, yeah. I kind of feel like that's like a wounded uh, animal, you know, where yeah, like, I think I'm all right. I'm going to be, I'm not okay. Uh, I'm not okay. It's not good. <laughs> Just yeah, lay on the side of the I, road until somebody comes to save you. JP, remember when I hit Jonathan in the head with that uh, golf ball? Sure do. Yeah. So this kid we grew up with, he threw a golf ball to me like a baseball, and I hit it back at him, and it blasted him <laughs> right in the head. And the same thing that happened is he he waited like a full six or seven seconds and then did the second air through his teeth thing like the, uh, uh, and just rubbed his head furiously like uh, that's all you can do that's uh, all you can do yeah. that's all you can fucking you you rub it and then maybe you swear a bunch or yeah. like i'll mm-hmm. walk in a circle somehow uh-huh. that makes it feel better it's, you, it's sort of like uh you know when you put like food that's too hot in your mouth like mm-hmm. people either go like they they exhale like like a like lamaze breathing yes or they inhale like it's mm. that's not really gonna help but it makes me feel better like right. i'm thinking of doing something else therefore <laughs> it's a great test of how good food is too. I oh, yeah. actually was thinking about that while I was in New York. If food is really hot and you're eating it and you're allowing your mouth to be burned and you're trying to like breathe through it, you know it's great food. Yeah. If it's not that good, you just Spit. plop it out of your mouth. <laughs> if it's a yeah, if it's a if it's a steaming hot nuclear just pizza roll, you just let that little right sucker out. flip out of your mouth. You're like, there's thirty more. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna wait ten minutes and That's I'm gonna try. I'll it. always push through for a Heggie's pizza, man. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Got to do it. Grumpies, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Charles, I believe you did tip our hand. We have a repeat guest. Insert yeah. applause. I'll just give you some genie sprinkles, baby. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. We need to figure out, uh, well, who are you, sir? Who am I? Who are you? Well, uh, I am uh, proud and privileged and honored to be a uh, beyond for the second time, actually. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! So I am JP Awad. I am Charles Awad's brother. Never and heard of him. 
Yeah, no, he's, I, I don't know. Actually, I just met him on the street. Don't care for him. But, uh, That's where you'd find him, yeah. Yeah, JP Awad, uh, stoked to be here again. I have actually changed jobs, uh, careers, actually, since the last time you all saw me. I was in the beer industry. One of the myriad reasons we wanted to have you on. Yeah. yeah so what are you doing now? So I work for this phenomenal company that this year uh, is celebrating 25 years in business called Bovida. Hello. Uh, yeah, great company. Uh, they, about 25 years ago, created this new awesome category uh, in the tobacco side and the cigar industry uh, of this thing called two-way humidification. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the real uh, kind of scientific background on it. So it's precise, maintenance-free cigar care, and um, it's all natural ingredients. It's pure water and natural salt. Combine the two together into a saturated solution. We seal it into a packet we refer to as a water vapor permeable reverse osmosis membrane. Mm. And what it does is it emits purified water vapor. That was my nickname in college, by the way. Purified water vapor? <laughs> no, the whole the other thing. Okay. Nice. <laughs> the membrane. <laughs> but what it does is, so <clears throat> the old, uh, you know, gels and other packets, um, you know, distilled water just in a shot glass, or some people use rum, if you can believe it, um, or the old wipe down method, as many people know yep. it. Um, this makes it so you don't have to do any of that. And what this does is it, it emits that water vapor when you need to add humidity in your cedar humidor, uh, in your acrylic humidor, tuperdor, your cooler door, whatever you're using. And it will also do a thing that nothing had done in the past, which is that it's all, it also is a desiccant. So it actually pulls the humidity when it doesn't need it. Amazing. So it basically the, the relative humidity that you see on the pack, which we have multiple different packs and different humidities, depending on, um, you know, the climate where you live, um, really honestly, and ultimately it comes down to what that user's preferences um, keeps it within about 2% of what's on that packet. So it's just this really awesome kind of a set it and forget it type of, uh, you know, way to uh, humidify your humidor. And say maybe I'm very pro THC and I enjoy natural flower. Would you say that that could also be a use? Yes, because we actually make them for cannabis as well telling you so cannabis is another uh, large uh kind of uh, i guess facet or uh, branch of our company so music if you can believe it uh cannabis and tobacco what yeah and, yeah musical instruments i love the idea of going back in time to me in college and explaining that this is now the science and product development behind drugs <laughs> like it's so fucking gotta cool. save those terpenes baby right yep why wouldn't you uh, we are once again at the classic confines of Club Caraway. Yes. Uh, thank you, obviously, to Derek. Uh, this our place, captive live audience. Our captive live audience Mr. that we Derek forced Reed, to sit with. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, it feels really good to be back. We, uh, we, yeah, we had a little bit of time, and it's been, it's been great. Uh, Here in the Twin Cities, it's uh, slushy and snowy outside, but it feels nice. It's about 35 degrees, but mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to come down here into the chambers to smoke some cigars have some fine whiskey with yeah. some fine people. Speaking of whiskey, uh, we are drinking, uh, we have a number of wonderful bottles tonight, but what we are currently drinking is a duty-free only uh, expression of Suntory. Uh, they're calling it, as, <laughs> as you said, the Reza Ramon Ayo. Ayo. Uh, it is a, their master blender uh, took whiskeys from all of the five major whiskey regions around the, the world and created what he said was his best expression of the harmony of all whiskey. 
And uh, I thought it was a beautiful nod to the fact that the Japanese whiskey tradition also has its roots in, in some other cultures' uh, expressions. And then the fact that we can actually have something instead of fighting about which one people prefer, it's really kind of neat to have something that, that is so beautiful and harmonious altogether. It's a very easy drinking. It's 80 proof. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 80, 86, right? 43%. Mm. Uh, JD, right, would you like to tell our listeners what your role is with Boveda? Oh, yeah. Also, how to spell it in case they want to look it up, even though it's going to be in the description. <laughs> yeah. Boveda. Boveda. B O V E D A. Could yeah. you use Boveda. it in a sentence? Yeah. Um, so, Get the pronunciation uh, out there. It's not your bookie. It's right. not your bookie. It's not Bovada. Very simple. Or Bovida or Boveda. Yeah. Which. Don't get me wrong. If somebody says it that way or pronounces it that way, I obviously know what they're talking about. But um, yeah, so I am the uh, I'm the inside sales rep for the Eastern United States on the tobacco side of our company. Um, I've been with the company about eight months, and I cannot believe how fast it's gone by. But it's been an absolute blast. It's a great company, great people. It's a great product. It works tremendously. It's incredibly effective. I didn't even explain what it is. It's actually a, a pack. Um, and we make them in different sizes, an eight gram pack, a 60 gram pack, a 67 for on the cannabis side for some of them, uh, for some of our RHs, relative humidities, and a 320 gram pack. So we have different packs for different applications. And I can speak to it directly. I, I love using it. Uh, Charles was kind enough to, to gift me one, and it has uh, kept my little mini humidor absolutely perfect. Everything comes out exactly as it would. Yeah, serendipitous is episode 69, and 69 is mine and many people's preferred um, humidity. humidity rating for their cigar humidors. How nice. apropos. And I like to say, 69% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> In this case, we hope that it works 100% of the time. Yeah. But it does, that's why it, I'm using the, what, what's that called, Stink Tiger? What the fuck is it? <laughs> Sex, Sex Panther. Panther. Okay. I like Stink Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Butt Panther was my yeah, idea. Okay. Stink Panther, st- Stink Tiger was right underneath like Arabian goggles and Cleveland steamer on that email that went around uh, in the late nineties yeah. with oh, all man. the weird sex moves that no one has ever done. Give me a, give me a moment here, and then you're gonna do one. Stink <laughs> Tiger. Tiger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we might have oh we might have named the episode. Well, fuck. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, this is a, a perfect question to kind of start things off. Oh, we should cheers, say cheers though. real quick. Even though oh, we're yes. already working our way through this, this shit's yeah. delicious. I, right. I just love cheers. Also, I will say, uh, we've talked about this before. We Have a drink, sorry. We've talked about this before, that uh, I do, mm. both when it comes to, to fashion and what we consume, I do like when somebody actually gives thought to a meaningful design. And I love the design in this bottle. It is a, uh, mm. a five-sided bottle in the shape, if you look from the top down, of like the traditional emoji diamond. Uh, and I just think it's gorgeous. And the box itself that it comes in um, is actually reinforced so the bottle doesn't move around at all. At all. And Japanese brush calligraphy typography yeah. for the AO on there, even though it should be a photo of Razor Ramon, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say goodnight to the bad guy. I, uh, I just think I, the whole presentation all the way across the board. That was a little hey, boo-boo. <laughs> hey, boo-boo. Little bad guy, little boo-boo. I am Razor Rolo. Little boo-boo, little bad guy. <laughs> hey, big sexy. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think overall they did a great job with it. And it's pretty affordable uh, in the duty-free shops. It's probably somewhere, depending on what country you're in, in like the 40 to $60 range. 
That's very reasonable. Yeah, and yeah. and honestly, like I bought it on a whim. Uh, I had read one review slash article about it, and I was like, well, that's worth taking a shot at. And uh, I'm I'm just very very pleased with how that. Yeah, turned out. I I like this a lot. I'm always a little uh, reticent to try Japanese blends, especially when they come from different locales. They were upfront about it, and it's a great producer. But oftentimes, that's like the the, the Japanese whiskeys that are not even Japanese whiskeys. Yeah, and I typically don't care for them. But this is done with intention, and it's really good. Uh, but going back to the the, the first question, uh, here we are in Club Caraway, uh, a place where you can have a beautiful uh, bespoke suit outfit made for you, uh, a place where you can have absolutely top notch uh, straight razor shaves, haircuts. Uh, all of your best grooming. Private events. Private events. Private club. But relating to stuff. the first two things, uh, JP, what's a new arrival in your grooming or clothing repertoire that you wish maybe you had found earlier? Is there something that you've really, like, enjoyed and then wish that maybe you had figured that out? Uh, yeah. Uh, fully bespoke suits made by Derek, Derek Reed. <laughs> and weirdly enough, this was not supposed to be like a, a softball lob, but I think that that is an That's important thing to talk salient, about. Salient, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, so I, uh, in a past career, I worked for Ralph Lauren for, uh, for almost five years um, in the merchandising side of things. So uh, I really enjoy putting together a great outfit. And so, and Derek and I talk about this all the time. Um, but honestly, once you put on a suit that is made to fit, for you, like to your precise measurements, you realize just how like sexy that feeling is. Yeah, absolutely, it fits like a glove, you know. And so, on a, in, a, in all honesty, that's probably the thing that I wish that I would have thought about er, like earlier. Um, for many years, I was the type of person that could pick something up off the off the rack, mm-hmm. put it right on, fit pretty well, uh, and I'd make that work. But um, Derek, I Derek recently I com- uh, commissioned a really awesome. Uh, Fox Brothers out of England, uh, they have this this pattern called the Negroni pattern, which I believe they made for their 250th anniversary. And it's just one of the most pleasing patterns and color stories that I've ever flannel. seen. Yeah, yeah it's it's just absolutely gorgeous. Pretty. But um, yeah, Derek, <clears throat> Derek had one made for me, and I'm absolutely in love with it. Amazing. I haven't worn it yet. I'm going to wear it on New Year's Eve. I cannot wait for that. But nice. yeah, that would, that would be it for me, is getting like a fully bespoke suit made um i wish that i would have done that earlier in my life and i'm super stoked that i've found it now yeah it's the right it's the right time oh yeah absolutely i mean i was older than you when i had my first one made by derek which is a year ago now uh i'd never had a fully bespoke suit i'd had a custom-made suit but not fully bespoke here's something else i want to remark as an aside to that comment people seem to always feel like it's not the right time like so many things in life like, it's not the right time for me to get the suit. I got to lose some weight. I got to gain some weight. I got to, you know. If you have a suit made to your exact measurements and you gain 15 pounds, it's still going to fit you, dude. Okay? It's not made to squeeze you. Like, that's the reason that it's fitted the way that it is with the, what, 30? How many measurements do you take, Derek? 30? 30, 30, yeah, 30-some-odd measurements he takes of your body. And he makes sure that it fits you so that what I remarked when I wore the first suit that he made me uh, on New Year's last year was that if if I was sort of like not paying attention, I almost felt like I was naked because mm. when you're standing perfectly still, it's not hugging you. It's just draping you. Also, consequently, probably the reason um, draped in Caraway is his favorite uh, 
uh, tag phrase for <laughs> his suits. So if you gain a couple pounds, it's still going to fit you really well. Nope. Then it'll be more of like that snug fit that maybe you're accustomed to. But don't say during the winter season, if you're going to go get a custom bespoke suit made, don't say, well, I'm going to wait till the spring when I hypothetically will lose 15 pounds. Because <laughs> also, I don't believe you. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't do it. I believe in you. But a lot of people say that. We sat down here with uh, a gentleman who said, oh, man, I really would like for you to make me a suit, but I got to lose these 15 pounds and holidays are coming up. And that's when it occurred to me that people need to know this. Mm-hmm. I said to him, like, hey, you know, it's those are those 15 are your that's your flex weight. Yeah. You're going to have it. You're going to lose it. You might even be able to remark that Derek, like, can you leave me like a little extra slack? Because <laughs> I have a tendency to gain and lose weight. So I just want to say that. I want to put that on record that like, <laughs> you can still get it made. Don't worry about those 15 pounds, man. Uh, because I had mine made last winter when I was in the throes of holiday eating and drinking. And that suit fits me great throughout the year. It fit me great last summer. It fit me great on New Year's. It's made to fit you. And even if it is a little more snug, it's not going to be like, ah, shit, I got to let this thing out. Unless you really, <laughs> unless you do, unless you're one of those people who does four family holidays for every holiday, <laughs> then I'm not talking to you. Okay? <laughs> is that, is that also your answer then? Is that, is that this, would you say the same thing or do you have a, a different? No, I'm going to say, especially because of this last weekend, man, I got this Canadian tuxedo now that <laughs> I wear. It's not really like, you can't tell it's denim, but it, it is. Uh, so I, I bought this really beautiful denim jacket. It's got kind of like this, um, it's like a dark blue, but it's got this like bespeckled white mm-hmm. dotting all throughout. It's from Chaco Atelier. And I loved that jacket when I bought it. And then I saw that they had pants that were the same material. I was like, oh shit. Like I love that jacket so much and the material. I bet the pants would look great with it. It's super weird, but I don't get complimented on anything I wear as much as I do that because I think that people don't know what it is because it looks like a suit, but it's not because it's denim. But I can get away with wearing it to a restaurant in San Diego or New York that requires a jacket because it looks like I'm wearing a suit, especially in dim lighting, but it's actually a jacket in, in jeans. And I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I wore like, you know, air quotes, a Canadian tuxedo. Cause that's technically what it is because it's this really nice denim jacket and denim pants, you know, uh, the cuffs are rolled and you can wear nice boots with it, wear whatever shirt you want underneath. And like prior to getting that combination, I, I would have never imagined I would have wore a denim jacket with matching denim jeans at any point in my life. I don't know if you've seen uh, GQ's holiday guide this year, but they have mm-hmm. the, the style do's and don'ts for the next year. And one of those is don't shy away from a Canadian tuxedo. Denim on denim is 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 a part of, of the new fashion. You're welcome, trend. America. There you go. Yeah. Throwing it out for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I did that. That was me. <laughs> I don't prescribe to the whole fashion do's and don'ts. I know. You know, like I, I feel like, and I know Derek doesn't either, but I, I just feel like if you can put together a great outfit, you know, and it looks good on you and or for you, you know, if you feel good in it and you feel powerful in it, rock that shit. I, I just, every now and then, it's nice. It's the same thing that, like, I will, um, I've talked about it actually on the show before. I will, uh, I'll buy an album or I'll go see a movie 
and then I'll read reviews afterwards because I'm interested what people who consider this as their career think. Yeah. And so every now and then I also do like to just check and see like, what are people whose entire world revolves around this? Like, what do they think? Yeah. And do I agree? Because there's plenty of shit that's come out that's like, this is the hottest thing. And I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. But then there's other stuff where it's not supposed to be cool. And if you make it your own, then, yeah. then who cares? It's like a beer that's or a, or a wine that is already great getting a medal. You're like, we already knew it was great, but that's yeah. cool. But right on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. good with that. Uh, for me, uh, it has been a lot more of trying to adopt some of my, uh, my wife's uh, like skincare stuff. I, uh, I was for the, I, I still am a person who in the shower, I pretty much only use like Dr. Bronner's soap for my face, my head, everything. And it drives everyone I know crazy, but, uh, is that the 30 in one soap? Yeah. But, you can um, wash your dishes with it. You yeah. Can use you it can as wash a shortening. Your, you can, you, yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Can polish your shoes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wash your car. Why not? Just wash yourself with it. Yeah. Um, but then I've, I've been using, uh, like, moisturizer more. I finally got into really taking care of my beard with, with beard oil. Uh, and I, I do notice, like, the quality of my skin, it's better. Like, I feel yeah. better. I don't ever feel like I have dry skin. Yeah. I, like, even, like, like uh, beard dandruff, that kind of stuff, which when I first grew my beard out was an issue. Like, it's just been nice that that's just not a thing. Do you have a brand that you would recommend for, for like facial no for like a uh, facial moisturizer yeah I, d I wish i could remember the name of it but um i'll i'll throw it up on our on our socials there is a a little it's like a little squatty cylinder cream jar that uh of all places trader joe's uh has and my wife read an article talking about like basically beauty hacks that aren't crazy expensive yeah. and i mean she spent like $30, $40 on a small little vial of lotion before. And this stuff, it's incredible. Uh, I put it on at night. I put it on in the morning. I feel great. It's like $9 for the puck of it, and it lasts mm. quite a while. I mean, it, half of my face is covered in hair, so it's only going on the cheeks, the <laughs> nose, and the forehead. But it, it really, it's, it, the stuff's great. It, it soaks in pretty quickly, and it's, it's been awesome. Great. Marty got me three bottles of facial moisturizer on my 39th birthday, and I'm still on the second bottle. That's how little I use. But I did recently acquire, like, some foofy high-end facial moisturizer mm -hmm. stuff from Hotel Ivy, from the spa. Mm -hmm. they, gave, they sent me up with a bunch of samples, and I'm going to try them to see if the really foofy stuff has a good effect. But I hope it doesn't because that shit is expensive. It is expensive. Very expensive. That's why, that's why I like this stuff. It's odor-free, all of that. I, I just, I, I love it for that. And for somebody who tries to be outside uh, more and more, especially in the mm. winter, yeah. you know, one of the things that I do to try and combat, like, uh, seasonal affective disorder is force myself to go on walks in the morning. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a bunch of men in my life that will meet me out uh, for a morning walk. That's so why JB and found me in the street. <laughs> it's not the most it's not the most fun like telling yourself when it's you know five degrees outside that you're gonna go. Yeah. But I really find that after like five minutes outside, it's just like, oh yeah, this is why I'm here. It's I, therapeutic. Yep. I need the I need the fresh air in my lungs. But that said, we live in an area where, you know, it can get really windy and super windy, dry, cold wind, like or dry cold air, it'll it'll dry your shit out real quick. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, you know. Try to do the best I can. Keep this minivan looking shiny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
So that's uh, rough I love it. That. Rough it and buff it. Yeah. You know? I also will throw in, uh, I bought my first uh, hand-woven sweater. Mm. And I, oh boy, I might be addicted. I want to wear it every single day. It is absolutely stunning. Just hand-woven wool sweater. That's, that might be a new thing. Nice. Sweaters are fantastic. I have too many. I, <laughs> I have too many. Uh, I would say a third of my closet is sweaters. They're just great. <laughs> it's so awesome. You should, uh, you should ask Charles how he feels about wool. Well, we've talked about it before. We've talked about this. <laughs> Can't touch that prickly shit. It's the it's the the touch of like radio static. <laughs> yeah, it, the it's not that it's wool. It's when it's like prickly wool. And the, so yeah, when it's this one kind of is, and I love it. Ooh, yep. I will be staying away from you. Sure <laughs> yeah, you if you want me to it. stay away from you, then wear that thing around me. I always say that to Marnie. Wear a prickly sweater if you want me to stay the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> no touchy. <laughs> Uh, how is everybody on their on their drinks? Should we should we pour up a second one? Uh, I would go for numero dos. What are we thinking? We were gonna tee up second. Well, I don't I know. We said. <laughs> I don't know what this song of Let's fire. Do, why don't we do like. the Rieger since we still have ice and that needs? Yeah, ice. that's true. This is this yeah. is a little bit hot. Man, I feel bad. I've been nursing mine. Oh well, you can do that. Hey, take your time. The bottle's by you, so yeah, we're not. You can, we can choose with you that on one. Nothing. Well, I will tee up Q two. And Juan will pour for us. So, JP, we kind of were joking about this earlier, which is kind of funny, but Cigar Aficionado Top 25 list came out. It was just completed this week. Uh, what I would like to know, because we did want to talk about cigars a little bit, what's been your most enjoyable cigar in 2023, or is there like a trend or style of cigar that you've really been digging that you've grown accustomed to this year specifically? Um, I mean, one thing I'll say, and it maybe, <clears throat> maybe it isn't really related to the question, um, but... Cheers, by the uh, way. You know, prior to the pandemic, um, when I smoked cigars, I was generally finding myself wanting to smoke mild cigars. Like I, that was mm. primarily what I smoked was just sure. mild to maybe medium cigars. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout the pandemic, I found myself being totally open to different strengths, uh, you know, profiles of different cigars. And... Um, I just I find that it opens me up a little bit more to, I guess, the entire world of cigars, um, being open to smoking anything, mm-hmm. trying anything. And there's this misnomer out there that if, if a cigar is dark in color, then it automatically means that it's going to be a heavy, strong, full-flavored cigar. You know what I mean? Hot, heavy nicotine. That was and I that's thought. simply not the case. Yeah. Um, there's a really great cigar out there um, called the uh, Henry Clay Warhawk, which... Um, the exterior looks like a really light, easy smoking cigar when in fact it's actually like a kind of a medium to uh, heavy cigar. It's absolutely delicious with uh, a cup of, you know, espresso or something. Uh, but again, um, it's one of those things that you wouldn't know unless you actually kind of educated yourself a little bit more and learning about different cigars. I wouldn't say, sorry, going back to your question, I wouldn't say that I have a, a particular cigar that's really kind of, uh, kind of set the world on fire for me, but there's been s- many of them. Many of them. I mean, there are so many great boutique brands out there, smaller brands, mm-hmm. up-and-coming brands that are making just fantastic stuff. The cigar I have right now is actually from Matilda. Um, Enrique Sejas, who's become uh, one, of the, you know, one of the great guys that I've met in the industry, uh, among many, many great people that I've met in the industry. Uh, that's what I'm smoking right now. Great company. They make great stuff. Uh, but there's so many great brands out there. Uh, Dissident Cigars is really great. Uh, I mean, I could go down the list. I mean, there's so many of them. And it's just, it's one of those things where when you put me, when you, you know, kind of put me in a corner and say, hey, 
choose the one or choose two, then I, start for, I forget every goddamn brand out there. You know what I mean? It's hilarious. <laughs> the, my, uh, when, I was, when I was in junior high, my friend's older brother used to just, like, come running and kick in the door when we were playing, like, cliffhanger on SNES. Yeah. And he would just hold my friend down and twist his nipple and be like, name five brands of mattresses. And, like, <laughs> even regularly, that would be, like, I got to think about it for a second. But in the middle of that, like, nothing. Like, name five different companies that make footballs. You're like, uh, I don't know. Right? The NFL? Like, nope. Twist harder. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the same thing. Absolutely. Like, tell me right now what's your favorite cigar. Like, I don't know. I like, they're all pretty good. Yeah, they're all good. I think in a roundabout way, JP answered this inquiry and in that, You've been uh, experimenting with a lot of smaller brands this year, uh, which I think that that's relatively new. You've been smoking a lot of smaller boutique brands. So this would be, I would say that 2022 is the year of you trying a lot of new, smaller, uh, up-and-coming brands. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot more in 2022. Not that I hadn't in years past, but definitely in 2022. And, you know, working in this industry has really opened me up to a lot more. You're always smoking stuff that I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, and there's a lot of them. And a lot of them are making fantastic cigars. Another thing that a lot of people think of in the industry, uh, maybe not in the industry, uh, but maybe casual cigar smokers, is the end-all, be-all, best cigar out there, Cubans. It's got to be a Cuban. If you're not smoking Cubans, you're not smoking a great cigar. It's a brilliant marketing technique. And don't get me wrong, Cubans are great. But New World cigars are just as great. I mean, if you look at the cigar aficionado list, I mean, you know, in that top 25, you know, and the list goes on, you're going to find a lot of New World cigars, you know, and they're all fantastic. They're just, they're just really well-made, well-constructed, uh, you know, uh, superior high-end tobacco that are going into these. You know, the people that are rolling them, the, you know, the, the blenders and the blends they're coming up with, they're coming up with some really fantastic cigars. So I always tell people, smoking New World, New World cigars they're great. They're fantastic. And they're a fraction of the cost of a yeah. Cuban. Cubans have just well, gone up in now, price. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exponentially. So, yeah. I think it's like the world changes. You know, like people, I've, I've been hearing about Cuban cigars as far back as I can remember. Like there's jokes in movies and people talk sure. about them on TV shows. Yeah. And then, you know, when, when I first was of the age where people wanted to, like in my late teens, people were like, oh, I want to I wanna have a cigar. Like we're going to have poker night. We should have cigars. Yep. And that was just the only thing that everybody knew. And as the world changes, as technology changes, as farming changes, it, much like the wine world, like it's opened up so many more regions. There's so, and, and there's a lot more money in it. There's, there's more money that goes into the investment in growing new fields and in building up, you know, smaller companies where that can work now, yeah. you know, <clears throat> with, with the marketing that people have, you can find out kind of about anything anywhere. And I think that's really opened up a lot of markets to places that normally wouldn't have been interested. Yeah. You know, totally. <clears throat> uh, mine's kind of the opposite as the resident novice, uh, still in this group, uh, has been that, uh, I, I always trend towards big flavors, kind of in everything, um, whether it's craft beer or spirits or it's food. Uh, really light, nuanced things haven't always interested me. And as I don't know if it's a, a thing about getting older or just getting palate fatigue from these giant, you know, uh, hammer bombs. It's been fun for me this year to start exploring the lighter end of, of cigars. Mm. 
and wanting to have a little bit more nuance in what's going on there mm-hmm. and being able to taste different flavors. And that has been fascinating for me as something that I just wanted giant, robust, big notes. And it's like, well, that's, I mean, I still like that, but there's so much more that this can show. And there's so much more that my palate can find. And as I've grown in the kitchen and as I've grown in behind the bar, learning more of those nuances is almost more beautiful. Like finding yeah. the, the absolutely beautiful, gentle flavors in something that's a little bit lighter has been really cool because that's something that I absolutely have not explored until this year. Uh, so yeah. I'm just keep, I keep going down that road. I keep texting different people like, Hey, I want something light. Like, what should I do? Absolutely. Or I'll look stuff up. And then if I can find it at one of the tobacconists that I go to, cool, we're going to try that. There are so many of them out there. I mean, there, I mean, you can find, you can find cigars that are going to be on the more mild side, you know, um, like as far as classification is concerned. Yeah. Um, there's a brand out there, out there called Atabay, mm. which is like a $30 stick, but it is a light, creamy, I mean, oh my God, it's a phenomenal cigar. But again, it's on that you know kind of lighter side, but it's so so good. And uh, that's, that's Charles, actually going back to you, Creamy Smoke was one of my nicknames in high school. <laughs> oh shit, Creamy Smoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, here comes Creamy Smoke. <laughs> it, it, it's you know, it's it's interesting because we've remarked in the past how there's a lot of uh, similarities, commonalities between production of tobacco and production of coffee. I feel like those are the two products that when people start out exploring flavors, they want the darkest coffee and the darkest cigars. Mm-hmm. But as anyone who knows that is a serious coffee drinker or serious cigar smoker, that doesn't always mean that you're going to get the most flavorful Correct. or the most nuanced or the most complex flavor profile. Just it being darker and richer does not always mean that it's going to produce the most... Uh, nuance and and complexity of character. Well, and I don't think that I had put those two together in my head yet, but that's absolutely been where my my interest in coffee has gone. Uh, you know, we we sign up for um, a, a coffee service that sends us espresso. Doesn't everyone do that though? You know, they're like dark coffee, dark coffee, dark coffee, because you don't know yeah. that. Also, people think that dark coffee's stronger. Yeah. Oh, that's people are hilarious. like dark coffee's rich and complex. But lower in caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's been finding like the fruitier side of things. You know, right. I'll still, for a cold press, I still want dark, roasty, nutty. That's, for cold press coffee, that's really what I love because mm-hmm. I'm going for that specific yeah, flavor. Yeah, I want smoke and bitter and earthy. But, but looking at espresso as a great example, I love citrus notes. I love berry notes. I love anything that shows this brilliant, beautiful, bright flavor, especially since I'm usually having it in the morning. Like, I find that so much more inviting to go along mm. with the sunlight and along with like, all right, we're going to start our day. That lighter, more nuanced, beautiful, fruity side to it has been absolutely like mind expanding. And I've just really loved kind of finding out more and more of like, hey, sometimes I want this and sometimes I want this. And then it's like, it's like adding more crayons to your box. Oh yeah, totally. Like now it's not just the primary colors. Now we have shades and now there's different nuances. And it just... It, it makes my appreciation of the entire field so much deeper. Yeah. That's great. Charles, what about Absolutely. you? <clears throat> you know, mine's, I've smoked many cigars and most of the brands that are recognizable, it's a lot of the boutique brands that I haven't had much of, but I think this year kind of what I've uh, resorted to is falling back on 
the classic brands and knowing what I like and, and really relying upon the cigars that I know that I love and smoking them frequently. A great example um, would be like La Aroma de Cuba, you know, just your standard issue La Aroma de Cuba. I smoke a lot of those because you're never going to go wrong. They're beautifully wrapped. It's never going to be so tight. You, you feel like you're drinking a milkshake, which is something that my buddy said to me yesterday when he was smoking a That's cigar. That's legit. He said, I feel like I'm drinking a milkshake. <laughs> Actually, my buddy Joe is in Tampa, and he texted me yesterday morning because he was smoking a uh, uh, Year of the Rabbit. 50 bucks is here, by the way. Whew. And he said, man, I'm really disappointed because this thing is delicious, and I'm having a cup of coffee, and the flavor works really well together, but I feel like I'm drinking a milkshake. It's drawn so tight. And I was like, that's really good. I've never fucking heard that. But, you know, a Padron Anniversary or or your La Roma or, you know, Wawense, which isn't something maybe people would consider to be like a classic brand. But knowing the cigars I should have in my humidor that I can rely upon at any time. And, you know, I'll intermix that with, like, I'm smoking a Blind Man's Bluff from Caldwell now. I've smoked a lot of Caldwells this year. I really enjoy a lot of what they have to offer. But I also am wise enough to know with the quantity of cigars that I smoke, particularly in the summer, that I should always have stuff that doesn't give me the option paralysis. I know I can smoke a Perdomo Champagne. Uh, I know I could smoke a Wuense. There there are Mm -hmm. cigars I know that, if I go into the box and I can't make up my mind, I can grab one of those and I know that I'm going to have a great experience. So it's been more that like understanding what I know that I love. And I feel like I'm going to get to a point as I age that I pretty much only smoke the cigars that I know that I love. I'm already trending in that direction. And I feel like eventually I'm just going to have the cigars. And it's, it's a long list. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, if I know what I love and I have it available to me, I can see that becoming the eventuality that I always have those on hand and I always smoke them. It's not a bad place to be, quite frankly. I, no, not at all. My, my, my bar at home reflects that. Like, I'm getting to the point where I just have some standards that are always there. Yeah. And then there's other stuff. Like, basically, we have a, a Barrister's Bookshelf is our bar, and my wife absolutely killed it with the uh, sanding and restaining I've it. I've been to that bar. Terrible service. It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> I sat there waiting for five minutes. There wasn't a single person in there. Uh, but basically, the Hello? so you can fit three <laughs> bottles deep. And the first two rows, the, or the, the, the farthest back row and then the middle row, those are just the standards. And I think that's just how it's going to sit. You know, there's always a good dry gin. There's always some sort of fruit-forward gin. There's always at least one Akavit. There's some Irish whiskey. There's some bourbon. There's some rye. Like, those are just in there Mm -hmm. as the staples. And then the stuff in the very front row, that's what changes. That's, Mm -hmm. like, something fun, like, hey, I'll take a flyer on this. Or I've had that before, and I actually really enjoyed that. Let's do that. And I actually love that. Because then no matter what, I have something that I know. Because we've all done that where we've bought something that we thought would be great. And it's like, it's not not even that it's not great, but it's different than what you thought it would be. Sure. So I have a specific use for that, but I probably wouldn't use it in a cocktail. Mm -hmm. Then I know that no matter what, no matter who comes over, I can always make you something with all of these things. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's the first place that that began happening with me is with beer. Because I was trying everything new under the sun for a period of probably five years. Just like if it's new, I want it. And then I've reverted to, I know what I like. 
And sometimes it's just a highlight for a banquet. Like I know that's old reliable. I can have one of those and I know what I'm getting and it's enjoyable. So it's, yeah, it's a very similar dynamic and that's true of spirits, right? So like, mm-hmm. we'll still get, get a new Amaro or a new vermouth or something, totally. of course. But if you just, if you are making a cocktail and you know how you like it, then you know what you're going to use to make it. And you don't have to say, oh, let me try this new gin where you don't know what the breakdown of the botanicals is going to be like in that final product. It'll probably still be close to as good. But if you know what you like, then you have your reliable bottles that you can use to make that product. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel I feel like you can apply that uh, that same kind of train of thought, you know, or thought process or, you know, going through what you know that you like on cigars in the same type of way. Mm-hmm. For me, I've just tried to make it a point to continue to expand my horizons as I, especially working in the industry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, trying and giving a fair shake to every, you know, cigar that comes across my desk, if you will, you know, and, and giving them a try and seeing, because honestly, some of them that I've tried, I'm like, holy shit, like I've never had this brand before, you know, and mm. realize, fuck, I mean, never had it before. I didn't even know that it existed. You know, I'm really stoked about this. And now I want to try the entire portfolio, their core lineup, their limiteds, whatever they have, you know? And so, I mean, Charles, you named Caldwell Foundation. Those both make mm. great cigars. I mean, there's so many of them out there. Um, Eganorsa, HVC, Patina. I mean, the list goes on and on. Of And these are, you know, again, in the last couple of years, these are brands that I've tried for the first time and have really fallen in love with. And that's just, you know, I've named like seven of them, but like there's so many more that I apologize. I'm just, you know, they're not, it's escaping me right now, but there's just so much out there to try. And the same could be said about the spirits, the spirits world, beer, or a plethora of different other industries and, you know what I mean, different hobbies and things like that that uh, people get into. But um I feel that way about cocktails now mm-hmm. as well. I will go to, you know, when I was in New York, I went to number the number six and the number nine cocktail bar mm-hmm. in the world. And it's fun to explore new flavors. But for me, it, I'm, I'm reaching a point where it feels like a lot of new cocktails are a novelty and it's fun. Like it's escape room, it's escapism. And so you're like, well, that's fun. Like when I was at, um, double chicken, please, with friend of the program, Justin Sutherland, and I had this cocktail that was called the Red Eye Gravy, and it was made to taste like Red Eye Gravy. I just watched a little blurb documentary on that. Yeah, that was on Punch Drink. Yeah. So it was like, holy shit, this tastes like Red Eye Gravy. That's super cool. But there's nothing I wanted at more after that experience. A Negroni? Not, what's that? A Negroni? A Negroni or a martini, martini or something, you know, just like <laughs> give me, give me what I know works and that I can rely on. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a similar effect where, yeah. you know, I know if I get a dirty vodka martini, I know what I'm getting. If I get my standard protocol gin Negroni, I know what I'm getting. Sometimes you, you, you want to go in getting something that, you know, the end result yeah. is going to be this specific thing that, you know, you love uh-huh. uh, to echo that. Uh, my wife and I were in, in Ireland excuse me, we were in Ireland uh, last month and it was, to me, I'm kind of in the same place that you are, but I'm in the wow me with something. Give me the description and wow me with something when it comes to just about anything, when it comes to food, when it comes to drink, if you want me to explore and do something weird, then you gotta, you gotta hook me on it. And uh, we went to this incredible cocktail bar in uh, Cork, Ireland. And the first the first cocktail that I saw. Did you get a little uncorked? 
Yeah. Oh, we got we got <laughs> uncorked and corked. Hey. Uh, but it was uh, it's pochin, cachaca, dessert wine, and beetroot. And mm. I'm like, all right, fuck me up. I need to oh, try yeah. that because in my head, those are flavors that I have not put together. And I'm like, I I have to I have to try that because now it's a puzzle that my brain is having trouble trying to solve. So I'm like, all right, and it was spectacular. And then uh, we flipped the page over, and then the next one was uh, tequila, eucalyptus, uh, Moscato grape leaf, Armagnac, ice wine, uh, Lustal Blanco vermouth, and dry hopped agave. I'm like, okay, again, I, I'm sorry, but that doesn't make sense in my head. Make it make sense to me. And he poured it, and it was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, everything in there sounds But after sexy. those two? We went right back to a Negroni. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I believe I went after that, that we went to the beer and the shot. <laughs> there's, some, there's something comforting about those, right? Like your old standby cocktails. Yeah. Like last night, my wife and I went out for my birthday and we had, we had uh, some cocktails. And she said, why are you even looking at the list? You already know you're going to get an old fashioned. <laughs> and, I, and I told her, I said, you are 100% correct. And I've closed the book and I ordered an old fashioned. Now, it, Speaking of, we do have to acknowledge that it was your birthday yesterday. Yeah. And uh, this isn't going to make sense to you guys because you don't have headphones on, but you'll hear it when the episode drops. Uh, I want you to pick from the colors here. <laughs> what, what is going to be your birthday sound? So we have red, orange, oh yellow, God. green, <laughs> light blue, dark blue. We don't use most of violet these. Violet and fuchsia. Oh, Christ. Uh, man, is this a trap? No, Juice not at all. Wisely. I mean, kind of, but like, whatever. Yeah, you will fall through a trap door if you select the wrong one. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a Bovita color. <laughs> it's a rim shot. <laughs> so. Nice. All right. I mean, technically, Charles, we did miss your birthday as well. So if you'd like to pick a color, we could do the, the birthday sound for Charles. Sprinkle me, baby. You know, you, you know I just need the sprinkles. <laughs> oh, it's the best. That, that it's one the best and the worst. Yeah. We apologize. Man, I feel like I'm missing out so much right and now by not hearing these. <laughs> it's the best is you'll listen you'll to this. Yeah. You'll get to hear it. Oh, man. God, that rim shot couldn't have been funnier. I also have forgotten. I do know. I know. We I, I know where that one is, and I know where the applause are. <laughs> Past that, I don't, I don't remember what the rest are because we don't use them ever yeah. so the fact that you're like all right i'm gonna go for this one it's like it's perfect oh, yeah it was, man it was genie sprinkles on kieran's episode when we were just kind of yeah. like hit a button <laughs> yep it was a marco 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 it was the marco because hit a button and it was the genie sprinkles of, of the 69 episodes that we have recorded including this one marco zeppia is probably my most genie sprinkled friend that i could think of like we sprinkled him Hard. hard. <laughs> we he sprinkled was, him like Nick Kosovich sprinkled the soundboard and Twitter. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had to, I, as a certified germaphobe, behind, actually, behind the scenes here, <laughs> it worked out nicely that I'm a certified germaphobe because I had my cleaning wipes, my, you know, my sanitizing wipes in my bag from when I was traveling because I wiped down the airplane for the staff. Thank you very much. And Quam was like, God, there's still so much glitter on our deck from Kosovich spraying his uh cocktail accentuator is that dude, what it was yeah i forget yeah. what call it something like that do you and think that like, if you were to tip this thing over some would still fall out it would have before for sure <laughs> it was uh it was like sealed to it because it's a spray yeah oh man you know this is everywhere we uh i was telling charles this before we started <laughs> recording but another behind the scenes moment after the tommy and nick episode uh charles stayed here to smoke a cigar and the three of us went to another bar and that bar is uh <clears throat> very lit by red neon and Nick has a red beard, and he had glitter in it, which was reflecting the, the red of the light. And he literally looked like that was a part of his fashion. 
Like he had red <laughs> glitter and a red beard and a red bar. It looked so perfect. That's it was, awesome. I, I, we were talking and I was waiting for him to be like, oh, my eyes are up here because I just kept staring at Just staring beard. at his beard. It was amazing. <laughs> no, like that should just be his daily getup. It should be. I mean, it kind of is with his personality. He would do it. He would do it. Totally would. <laughs> do it on New Year's, Nick. Come on. Come on. People are, people are asking for it. All right. Well, shit. Raise the cheers. Yeah, man. This Reader's is really tasty and is going perfectly with this Blind Man's Bluff cigar as well. I will say, uh, so when I got it, I just wanted to sample it really quick. And by itself at room temperature and neat, it was a little hot. Like it almost tasted, oh, yeah. you could, I got a little bit more wood than I necessarily cared mm. for. But after it uh, dilutes just a little bit, oh, that's, that's a beautiful bottle right there. Yeah, the bourbon that we uh, had on an episode, I don't remember if it was just us or if we had someone with us, but we were recording in my garage and you brought the bourbon. Yep. That was also a fireball. Yep. It was very strong. But this with that little bit of dilution from the cube is... Yeah, that's pretty spectacular. Splendid. If you're in Kansas City, also just take the tour. Jay Rieger's Distillery, it's, it's an incredibly wonderful and very, very informative slice of American history of when Kansas City was one of the most important crossroads in the entire country. And then on top of it, you get the history of whiskey pre-prohibition and then watching a brand get resurrected. It's, it's, a, it's a great American success story, and I, I just love it. Very cool. Charles again. Okay, so we love to say celebrate everything on this program. Hashtag celebrate everything. It's kind of our, Ethos. our one of our, one of our uh, rallying cries. So we're three people who aren't shy about celebrating our birthdays. We were just talking about birthdays. Uh, what's a ritual or, or a treatment, new or old, that you perform when you flip over the calendar another year, JP? Oh, man. Something you do for yourself, the way you celebrate. Is there something that you do every year that you just started doing or that you've always done? I mean, <clears throat> something relatively recent that I have been trying to do and uh, kind of normalize in my own life is traveling more. Uh, you know, up until my wife and I met, I didn't do a lot of international travel with the exception of when we'd go to Lebanon and visit family. And uh, while that's fantastic and I absolutely love going back and visiting all of our family, our relatives. Mm -hmm. I didn't do a lot of traveling throughout the world. And I still want to, even though since Kelsey and I have met, we go on an international trip at least once a year, if not twice a year, on top of doing, you know, domestic uh, trips, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, but I, I would say that that more than anything is, I don't know if I'd call it a ritual necessarily, but it's definitely something that I've tried to make more, more, uh, I guess, common or permanent in my life now is just traveling the world and and, and learning about other cultures. Obviously, eating the f you know eating the fair and um, and just kind of immersing myself in you know in different cultures and seeing what there is to offer. There's just the world is so large um, that I've already found myself in some of the locations that we visited, saying I can't wait to come back here. But then I find myself you know two weeks later saying, yeah, but there's so many other places you have yet to travel or to visit in order to to discover. So right. I, I guess that's. Uh, that would be my answer, yeah. That's why I go so hard when I travel is because yeah. I say to myself, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll ever be back here, even if I intend to. Right, just, yeah. That's why I want to, like, pack it in. I was just having a discussion with Tyson about this recently. Um, who, former, former guest of the, the program, <laughs> Owner of Scalvin. About how, you know, he's he has more commonalities with you. Mm -hmm. Where, that was good. 
where he... Not the first time I've heard it, but I like it. Okay. I contextualized that really nicely, I thought. <laughs> he he likes to kind of fly by the seat of his pants, see what happens. And I told him that I leave room for a little bit of that, but I need to be regimented so that I can maximize upon opportunity. I don't want to burn a day not doing anything if I have four days somewhere, you know what I mean? Um, doesn't mean you don't do anything, but I will be a little more regimented than he is because he tends to. I was like, I don't know how good of travelers we'd be together if we travel together, like if he and I go to Japan together, for instance, because I'm going to want to book those sexy yakitori and, and sushi places and kaiseki places where you can't get in if you don't book it two months in advance. Like, I got to do it. He probably doesn't give a shit at all. He would just eat yakitori in the street, which also mm-hmm. probably fucking rules. Mm-hmm. But the way that I presented it to him was that there's a higher batting average if you know, well, at least if you have it on good word that something mm-hmm. is is of high quality. So that's an interesting thing. And th- something we've discussed yeah, on yeah. the show at times as well. It, it, it's funny because I, I think our Ireland trip also like proved it that that's my, like I'm halfway between those two because I have like a thing or two that I want to do every day. But then I love to leave the rest of it up to whatever, like that, the cocktail bar that we were talking about where I had those drinks, uh, we ended up having a wonderful time talking with the staff uh, and did you know had, it when you went to it? Yeah. So it? I, I am very, very fortunate to have, um, the, the wide group of friends that I do. And, uh, a couple of our friends, uh, set us up and just said, Hey, you should go to this bar. Mm. Uh, I know this guy just ask for him. Turns out he was in Greece because they were busy accepting the, uh, cocktail program of the year award for Europe. Wow. Um, but the rest of the bar staff was like, Oh, well, you know, Andy, so come hang out. And then they told us where to go, and they ended up sending us to the bar in Cork that has the best uh, whiskey library in Ireland. And it was absolutely spectacular. And then you talk to the manager oh, there, yeah. and then he's busting mm-hmm. out stuff and right. telling me, this is something that you probably haven't heard of, so you go right past it in the menu, but you have to try this. And then from there, they send you somewhere else. That's, that's what I love. And whether or not it's like something exclusive, it's the making friends and trading stories and like, I mean, I came home with like five new friends that we follow each other on social media now and we've been talking. Like, I love that. That to me, yeah. the story is almost as important as what I consume. Sure. And the, the friendship, the relationship, yeah. like, right. that's what I love. You don't necessarily miss most of those features if you do it my way. Because some people could still recommend things to you. Totally. Still make friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a different way of, it's usually like, I have a, f- a finite starting point. Mm, fair you enough. You know, like. I'm going here at 8 p.m. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then before and after, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm going here at 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, where the fuck are we at? Is here? that me? Quam? That's you. Yeah. Quam. Uh, well, I, I used to do a, a, like a, a New Year's uh, resolution every year. And uh, I'm just going to – we've talked about it before. I'm going to go ahead and re-up for my third year in a row that uh, – Every time I have a positive experience when I am out, I try to write a positive Google or Facebook or Yelp review of said place and uh, did it again when we were in Ireland and I've already had three different venues message me just saying thank you for actually just writing something positive. I try to find somebody like somebody who we, we interacted with. I try and remember their name so I can call them out by name. It's just a way of, of putting some good out into the world. 
and it makes me it makes me happy to know that it makes a difference. Um, and if you do it on Google, they'll send you like landmark uh, updates. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have a number of them that are now uh, above fifty thousand people have looked at this. That's cool. I don't give a shit about somebody looking at something that I wrote 50,000 times, but if I said something nice about a place that I really loved and that 50,000 to go there, right? And 50,000 people, even if a 10th of them go yeah. there, that's that's a huge difference for a small business. Yes. And absolutely. It's so easy to write negative shit. It's so easy. And if you go anywhere that you like, open up their reviews and you'll see some people that just shit on it. And if there's a chance to add some more positivity into the world, like, just do it. It's love that. I think I everyone that. around us can would agree that <laughs> you, we, the world needs a little bit more positivity. It always seems. I mean, people are so reactive when they do have a bad experience, and you never know what could have happened that that day, that evening, that morning. You know, for that staff, for that that establishment, that could lead. You know, you almost wonder if negative reviews are more likely to drive people away yep, absolutely. than a positive review is to get people in the door. Absolutely. Um, I just feel like people are far more likely, if they have a bad experience, to say, fuck that place, I'm giving them a bad review. Um, more this so than they'd be I'll willing to give a positive review. So kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Like, that's, that's really cool. And honestly, something that I think we can all take away from this. I think that's a great idea. I will also add to anybody, like, it, it, you know, it is a little bit of, of work of, like, remembering somebody's name and, like, you know, writing it all out. And, you know, yeah, but we work it. in sales, so that's a, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's what we easy, do, right? Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying to everybody out there listening, what I will say is that there is also, uh, there's a really warm feeling because when I write those, it's usually not, like, that night. It's usually, you know, a few mm-hmm. days or a week later. Um, but what I love is that it also gives you a chance to recount how fun it was being there. Absolutely. It gives you a chance to think about that meal, to think about that drink, to think about that discussion. It's like, it's, it's rewarding for you as well. So you get a little dopamine hit thinking about a really wonderful time that you had somewhere while also paying forward sort of an evergreen compliment. Yeah. You know, it's very rare that we can do that. You can say, Hey, thank you very much for great service. And then that person's onto the next table. But if it's in, if it's on the internet in perpetuity, yeah. uh, it's kind of a neat thing to be like that compliment will always be there, yeah. and somebody somewhere is going to go to that place because they read that, and then they're going to have a great time, and maybe they'll think about it because that was what got them there. Like I just think that that the more that we can do with that, the better it's going to be. And really, it helps you kind of chronicle the details of the you know what I mean these experiences that you've had yeah. that you can if somebody asks you, you go hold on a second. You know, I got to remember what I had to eat or drink or whatever, whatever the experience was that you can go back to it and be like, oh, yeah, this, you know, I, I don't know. It's 100 <laughs> percent a thing. Like, yeah, it's a little tougher to do that with Facebook, but with um, with Google, Google and I, yeah. I think with Yelp, too. But Google is kind of my primary one. You can just go back and you can read through every review that you've left mm-hmm. and somebody will say they're going to a city and I will literally just like copy and paste it yeah, and send right. it to them. I'm like, this is what I had. And this is what I thought of that place. That's awesome. And I, I hope that that's a thing that you want to go for. Yeah, that's great. It's, that's a, a very nice thing. And then on a, on a more personal level, um, I have, uh, really enjoyed since right before COVID, but now, especially since, uh, COVID started to loosen a little bit, the restrictions and live music came back. Um, I'm celebrating everything by going to more concerts by myself. And 
But for your birthday, this is yeah. framing this specifically, like what you do. I, I will, every single birthday and Christmas, yeah, I, I get it. myself a ticket to a show. A concert, yeah, 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 cool. And uh, that's that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, I understand from listening to my friends and my spouse uh, over the years that I take in music differently than most people do. And it's, I don't ever want somebody to feel like they have to, like, force themselves to somehow get to the the spot where I am. But if that's the case, then why not just go have my own thing? And uh, as somebody who does not have any form of like a a church or a house of worship, that's what live music has become for me. And so if that's what it means to me, then why wouldn't I want to just go celebrate that by myself? So uh, I've already gotten myself my, my Christmas present uh, I'll be attending a, uh, two shows uh, between now and the end of January. Uh, and then I went to a few after my birthday in August. And it's a great time for me to just go and not have to make conversation, not have to try and put up with somebody who's talking over one of my favorite songs. Like, I can just go and listen and move around a little bit. If, I, if somebody's talking too loud, I can just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the benefits of being my height is everywhere is a good spot for me. Mm. So if I don't like where I am, then I just move and I don't have to worry about if the people with me can still see and, you know, are you good? Like, I'll just keep going around until I find that. Yeah. And yeah. it's given me a, a weird amount of just peace to do that. Right. I can go and I, I go home and I'll realize that I might not have talked to anybody except maybe ordering a beer. I might not have talked to anybody for three or four hours and... JP, given what we do in the sales side, that's a really wonderful thing sometimes. Yes. To not have to hear the sound of my yes. own voice. He yeah. says as he's a co-host of a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it's, it, it's something that I wish more people were comfortable with. Much like going out to dinner or going to a movie by yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I just really enjoy that. Love that. That's, uh, in, you know, that's interesting because I have discovered a similar thing about myself in terms of it speaks to this very topic. I have always had a party for my birthday. This is the first year that I haven't had a party for my birthday, and I don't remember how long. It just didn't happen this year, and it's okay. Um, But the last couple years, I have uh, booked a trip to New York, and it's business and pleasure. I do R&D, food and beverage, taking notes, studying, fine dining, and everything all the way down to dive bars and when I book really nice meals for myself and am able to dine alone at a really beautiful restaurant uh, like La Bernadan and everyone around you has the dynamic of not just enjoying the experience but um, entertaining and being entertained by other people there's something entirely different about absorbing that experience by yourself, not having to um, assess someone else's enjoyment of a dish, but only focus on your personal enjoyment of that dish. It's totally different. And I adore it. And that's something that I'm going to do heretofore is book a trip. A friend might join me. Maybe my wife will come sometimes. If not, or part this, part that, uh, I will be doing that for myself, by myself. And it's very centering. Mm-hmm. Like it feels, it feels good. And it, it, 
imbues you with a sense of accomplishment, you know, like, oh, it's another year of my life has passed and um, let me enjoy the fruits of my labor and sort of just enjoy where I'm at in life uh, altogether. That dynamic to me is super valuable and I'm learning more and more about that, just how, how cool that is to just be able to enjoy things by myself, book a trip, relax, have a drink, have a have a meal uh and just like celebrate yourself it's okay to do that you know yes i'm not sitting in these restaurants a week after my birthday and saying i'm here because it's my birthday even though sometimes i tick that box i mean when i was at the modern um the kitchen table at the modern i checked the box for birthday party on resi and they're like it's your birthday and i was like okay please don't give me extra sweets i don't like sweets that much Whatever sweets you give me. Did they sing you a birthday song? No one, yeah. Fortunately, no one sings happy birthday at those types of restaurants. It'd be so amazing if they did. But I I was, I found myself remarking to several restaurants, please don't send extra sweets. I can't do it. I can't can't even do the sweets you're going to send me. Mm -hmm. But thank you for wishing me happy birthday. Happy to be here. You know, this is also like an R&D trip. Like, there's a lot of, there are a couple of reasons I'm here. But also, sure, my birthday was last week. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's the thing is uh, booking myself a, a nice excursion to just celebrate myself, celebrate where I'm at in life. Hell yeah. I totally appreciate that. I mean, I was just on a work trip while you were in New York, actually. I was in Tampa. And uh, it was the evening after this really awesome cigar festival called the Cigar Heritage Festival, uh, right in historic Ybor City. A beautiful event, really fun. Um, but afterward... You know, I, I could have, I could, likely could have had dinner with one of the co-founders who was there, you know, at the event with me, um, but opted to go and just have dinner by myself. So um, there's a Bib Gourmand, uh, Michelin Bib Gourmand restaurant there called Roca, uh, Italian place. And uh, fortunately, as I, I got in there early enough, but uh, I was able to find a spot at the bar um, had some great conversation. Yeah, the nice couple. thing about traveling alone is you can usually squeeze in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm by myself, um, little old me. But I got in there and really beautiful place. And obviously, never eaten there before. It was my first time being in Tampa. And uh, uh, Sean, one of the uh, co-founders of uh, Bovida, brought it up and said, "Hey, if you're going to go somewhere, go to Roca." And he goes, "It's also Rob Gronkowski's favorite place to eat in Tampa." And I, I giggled and thought to myself, like, how funny would it be? In my mind, I'm thinking, how hilarious would it be if Rob Gronkowski was there? So sitting there at the bar, I'd been there about half an hour or so and had just gotten through my appetizer and I was talking to a couple to my right and the two seats uh, to my left were open. Uh, this, this couple walks up and uh, she says, oh, excuse me, or sorry. And I turn around and I'm wondering like why she said that to me. She had just set down her, her bag and I turn around and I look outside. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski is, <laughs> is out there. <laughs> So I walked out there and just said what's up to him really quick and walked back in and, you know, struck up conversation with this couple. And she, and she tells me I'm a huge Rob Gronkowski fan. I didn't think he'd be here. I'm surprised he's here. Well, the following evening was Monday Night Football. So that, I'm assuming that's yeah, why he was in town. Sure. And then Joe Buck, one of the commentators, walks past me. And I just gave him a quick hello. You know, he said hi to me. And I just, it was so funny. But anyways, the food was fantastic. And it kind of goes to Charles's point. Like you have an oppor- you get the opportunity. You know, when you're not trying to entertain other people or you're not having conversation with other people, you're just there to enjoy the experience and the food. Food was great, by the way. Really cool place. Glad that I went there. Um, Sean, 
great recommendation, by the way, if you happen to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. But absolutely, like it's just a testament to what Charles is saying. It just gives you an opportunity to really dig deep into the food itself and just enjoy the experience. Even I mean, even on our Ireland trip, it was me, my wife, her best friend, and her friend's husband, who I I adore both of them. The first night we were there, uh, jet lag just smacked them. You know, we went to dinner and they were done. And I've always been a, a push through and mm-hmm. kind of get myself on that time. And then I can, I feel like I can adjust easier. So that first night, everybody went to bed and, and I went out mm-hmm. and I went for a walk by myself in Dublin nice. and I had my headphones on for a while and then was like, wait, I should like, I'm probably going to, if I'm going to duck into a spot, it's going to be because of the music. So I took my headphones out and I'm just walking and I hear the most beautiful fiddle being played and I'm like okay where you know it's a beautiful like cobblestone everything is is stone or cement I want to so, say hi Ireland by the way because we have a lot of Irish listeners yeah absolutely uh shout out to everybody especially my homie Maddie in Galway who <laughs> will be talking to you soon do you remember the name of the place that you ducked into or you just kind of uh that night when I was going in for the, yeah, fiddle? the fiddle um you know what I oh god off the top of my head I don't I have it I have it posted on my social media so mm. I, I could come up with it but um I ducked in, and it was, uh, I would say, a gentleman probably in his early 60s playing an acoustic guitar, and then a fiddle player playing with him. That's it. And they were doing, you know, Irish standards, as you do. And it was pretty busy, and the crowd was, was pretty young and definitely having some fun. And so I, like, kind of, it was a, a U-shaped bar with a stage kind of in front of the, the curve of the U. And so I went as far back as I could, so I wasn't blocking anybody. And I'm just kind of watching, and there was a whole group of, I would say, women in their mid-20s. And I saw them put some money in the jar and then say something to him. And the, the, the guitarist and singer said, well, it turns out we have some friends from South Africa here, and they were hoping to have something that they could sing along with. So we're going to do a whole bunch of covers all smashed into one. And they did like a six-song medley of sing-along shit, everything from... Um, uh, Sweet Caroline to Brown Eyed Girl to uh, La Bamba. Yeah. And let me just tell you, La Bamba is a song that I think I have heard my entire life. Like, I feel like La Bamba has been a song that has been familiar to me as long as I've known music. I have never thought about La Bamba with an Irish fiddle over yeah. the top. And holy <laughs> shit, was it amazing. That's, that's cool. And I, just, I, just, I was just kind of standing there in awe and I, I had nobody to talk to. I sort of struck up a conversation with the bartender after that. But I was just in a moment for myself. And I love that that's just a little thing for me. Like, that was an incredible moment. And I dipped into a couple other spots and had a beer. And then I went back to the hotel. And it was just like, it, that was a little present for me. And I loved it. And that's probably one of the memories that I will carry with from that trip. And it wasn't being away from my wife or being away from our friends. Like, I loved the fact that we were all there. But I got a little time for me to just celebrate something that I probably would have been dragging them and holding them there for because that's not what everybody wants to see. Yeah. But I just stood there staring at this guy. At one point after that, uh, they let him kind of just tear off. And I didn't even get my phone up in time. He had already been going for a minute. And I think I got a four and a half, middle, four and a half minute long fiddle solo. And it was just jaw dropping. And these guys were playing, you know, for bar cash. And... If I had seen that anywhere here, I would have been like, you should be famous. Yeah. And yet that was similar talent and similar music that I heard everywhere we went in Ireland. So it's just... It's dope. 
again, I will just 100% recommend doing a little traveling on your own. That's so cool. Well, Cheers. Uh, what, do we, what do we got here? Is it time for the Song of Fire? Yeah, we got the... <laughs> I brought a bottle. People keep gifting me bottles of Johnny Walker Game of Thrones because I, like I like scotch. I like scotch and I like Game of Thrones. Yeah, totally. Which one is this, Quam? Uh, is it... This is the Johnny Walker Song of Fire. Song of Fire. I'm going to get in on this. Yeah, get in there. So that's what we're doing. Say when. That works. All right. Let's see. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Sancho. Super mellow, super Johnny. I feel like like I, I would pick that out blindly. To be a, a Johnny Walker, but I don't know that I would. I would have probably guessed. Is that like a repurposing, or is it something else? Because it's a little spicier. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Johnny, but it's there's a little spice to it. All I hear is DeBarge, who's Johnny right now. And I know <laughs> I'm smoking a cigar, but something about that to me reads spicier. I I agree. I mean, it, just reading the back of it, yeah. it, it appears to be a little bit different of a blend. Okay, yeah. A little bit more smoke. A little bit of sweetness. Red fruit, spice, sweet smoke. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, there you go. It's good. Uh, well, actually, that last question couldn't have ended more perfect to go into the next one. Uh, so, JP, we've all been traveling quite a lot recently, uh, which is sort of the the impetus for this episode. Could you describe a memorable restaurant experience that you had recently while away from home? Aside from the one that you just described in the last question. <laughs> I know one. I, w- I know the one I want him to talk about. Ooh, all right. When you were in, was it Maine? And you had that pastrami tuna? Oh, my God. <laughs> Which yeah. dummy good. Yeah. The, you don't have to talk about it. That one was actually quite awesome. Of I would say of all the places, so... Uh, Kelsey, my wife and I, uh, we were, uh, we just spent, a, I think it was five or six days. Uh, one of my absolute best friends who I met here in Minnesota, but is originally from Portland, Maine and lives back in Portland, Maine. Now, uh, we went and visited her. Uh, we spent three days in, uh, Portland, Maine. God, I love we'd, that town. Yeah. We'd been oh. there once before. And I mean, it been. has a special place in my heart, just an absolutely gorgeous city. Uh, we went to Eventide. Which, <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know, Oh my God! Yeah, their their brown butter lobster roll. Get the fuck is, out of here! It's uh, so fucking ridiculous. revelation, man. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, it's just this heavenly little lobster roll. It's just so so good. Um, and like, what a perfect size! Yeah, like that right. that was the thing that blew me away. Like when it first came out, it it was I I was like, oh wow, that's that's small, but it allows you to have other things. Yes, you know, like, absolutely. So we many did. lobster rolls. Like that's all you're gonna have. I don't want to. Uh, where the hell is it? That's smart. Yeah. I would be I'd be hesitant to order something like that's like I always want if you hear a smash burger is great at a place like not far from here, Petit Leon, they have this beautiful smash burger and it's a full burger. Right. And I always want it when I'm there, but now I've learned that I better share it because everything there is amazing. But it's smart to do so it's a smaller lobster roll then. It's it is. not like a it, maybe three bites. Yeah, it would fit perfectly oh, yeah. on an app plate. Yeah, but it's everything that you want while still leaving you plenty of like room. Hot dog bun sized, even maybe a little bit, a little bit shorter than a hot dog oh, bun. Oh yeah, okay. 
Like just a, a beautiful, like two of the King's Hawaiian mini rolls together. Is it mostly lobster like it should be? Oh, yeah. Obviously, I can't, I can't show this photo to people listening, but that's what it looks like, Charles. Yeah, yeah. they can look it I've up too. Okay, I believe I saw right that now, photo. Everyone. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool. Just, it's so, so good. So one of my favorite things to do regardless of where I am, so, uh, uh, you know, kind of harking back to cigars, I, when I walk into a, a shop, I don't go to the things that I'm used to, right? I walk in and I ask the tobacconist, you know, the, uh, I, my favorite thing to say is, what are you loving right now? Or what's something new that you've had that I have to try? And I will try that. Um, so when we were at Eventide, we asked the server, we said, okay, what, el- what other items should we get? We're from, you know, we're from out of town. We've been here before, but I want to try something different. And he said, we had a crazy, awesome season of bluefin. I think we had the same exact experience there. This is amazing. Go ahead. And he said, you've got to try our bluefin toro pastrami. Pastrami. And I was like, hold on a second. What the hell is that? So it's, it's quite literally what you'd expect. It's these really awesome little slices of pastrami. It's toro, uh, blue, fatty tuna. It's a tuna belly. Yes, exactly. So it came with creme fraiche, uh, pickled mustard seed, and dill. I mean, take a look at that. I'm, I'm showing Kwame a photo of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, man. It's so ridiculous. I, I, I can't even downplay just how incredible this thing tastes. He told me about it when he was there, and I said, that could either be really great or really bad. And then when I saw the photo, I was like, okay, I can tell they know what they're fucking doing. Oh, so good. That, that definitely was one of the more memorable things that I had on the mm. trip. Um, I will also big up to them because... Like, I'm casually dressed right now. I'm in, like, a Henley and khakis with waterproof Tom's shoes on, and I feel like I would fit right in. Or if I was dressed like Derek in a gorgeous navy blue suit, you would also fit right in there. Like, it is I, – I was so worried with the amount of people that had, oh, had that. recommended that place to me that. that I would walk in and it would be very stuffy Mm-mm. and very, like, white tablecloth seafood restaurant. It could not have been more inviting – like the the servers and the the uh, bartenders were all in, if I remember right, t-shirts and aprons. Yeah, like it it w- it was so interactive. Mm-hmm. We asked about oysters and they brought us over to the oysters and we're pointing out the ones that they thought that we should get. Yep. Like, how rad is that? As someone that does marketing, web design, all of the above, and works with food purveyors and and libations companies, restaurants need to put on their FAQ section, their dress code. Because I've discovered, especially being in markets like New York, that you have to Google forums, and many of them are pre-pandemic, and some of those rules changed. I think that places need to be more a little more upfront about whether you need to dress up or not. Because I come prepared, but I'm not always in the mood. When I went to Gabriel Kreuther for lunch, I didn't necessarily want to wear a fucking complete suit, and I didn't know until I found a forum that told me yeah, you know, you should dress nicely because most people, that's what I like. Most people are dressed nicely, so you should dress nicely if you feel like dressing nicely, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Right. I think that places should be better with it. That's an aside. I digress. Yeah, that uh, that was just fantastic. Um, I, again, I, I do want to, to say that everywhere we ate that week was fantastic. Ate at some really nice places in Boston as well, but... Yeah, Eventide, for both Kelsey and I, really stuck out as being kind of the, the high point as far as, like, culinary, you know, experiences were concerned. I mean, Charles, you ask him this question. I mean, shit, he was just in New York City and ate at some of the 
who's who best restaurants, Michelin star restaurants that you could possibly eat at. So, uh, so let's let Charles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you flop it on the table, then I'll 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 limp my ass in with whatever. Yeah, so I I I booked up a bunch of foofy Michelin shit on this trip, and so what what happened to me was I'm batting a thousand with booking New York restaurants the last few years, and these are some of the hardest places in the world to get into. And I'm like, hell yeah, my experience with getting tickets and and things to like beer experiences, I think, has paid off. Like, I'm ready with that F5, you know. <laughs> I know exactly when they're going live. I knew exactly when Atomics was going live for reservations. And that's one of the hardest reservations to get in the world. So ready to rock. Boom. F5, reload the page. Hell yeah. Blue buttons on talk. Let's party. So I look at December reservations, and the button is not blue. But just below it, the bar pairing menu uh, prefix was blue blue and I was reloading the page come on come on come on and I was like dude I'm not going to miss out completely so I clicked the bar experience and I booked it and I sent them a message and I said hey like why was your you know they probably get a lot of emails like this so I felt like a dick but I was like I was hoping to get the regular dining experience Um, but I'm happy to do the bar dining experience if that's what's available never received a response and I was a little salty about it you know I was being a little uptight at first and I was like fuck all right but it's it's, ato- it's atomics two star michelin this incredible um restaurant that is owned by this ownership group that has a bunch of really beautiful korean restaurants and that's like their flagship so I went there and I was like I'm sure it's going to be incredible anyways thinking I was getting like the second best experience there what ended up happening was there was this dynamic where they have like their head chef who is cooking in front of you in this little bar area, five seats, twice a night, three days a week. It's like a super limited opportunity. There's this head chef who's preparing everything in front of you at this little bar. It looks like in, uh, you're on a ship in Star Wars. And then there's a head mixologist bartender who is preparing drinks to pair with each dish. He's like juicing celeriac and butternut squash and all sorts of things. And there's one other person providing support. And the rapport that we had as a group, like laughing and joking and tasting and conversing with these uh, service people as this group of five strangers was otherworldly. It was such an incredible experience. I discovered that the chef is friends with one of my wife's friend's husband who live in Minnesota because he said he's from Sevilla, Spain. And he said, oh, I have a friend who live in Minnesota. And I said, oh, what's his name? And he told me his name. And I said, does he go by um, another name? And, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But he said, yeah. And I said, I, I, know, I know who he is. I know him. <laughs> and I said, is his wife named Caitlin? And he was like, oh, my God. And so we made this connection. I took a photo of him, sent it to Marnie so that she could send it to Caitlin. It was this whole, like, really funny thing that what a small world. That yeah, this right. Incredible two star Michelin chef in New York City knows someone that I know also in a way. It was just, we had this, like, really beautiful syncope. Everything was like the rapport was so great that uh, uh, one of the people working at the bar that night when we dispersed was like, wow, this was, this is the best seating we've ever had. This was so much fun. Uh, 
that now if I return, I don't want to do the main seating. I want to go back to the bar and I want to, I want to sit at the bar with, I'm so jealous right with now. Ruben and, and, and the crew there because it was, we had, I had so much fun and the food was incredible. The drinks were spectacular. The rapport, like the conversation was next level. I, uh, I'm definitely going to keep that one in my, my memory bank and think about that in perpetuity. I'll, I'll think about that meal forever. And I want to bring Marnie with me cause then she can meet Ruben and yeah, it was, it was great. And I had, I had a lot of, a lot of great meals and ate a lot of great things. And what's funny is when you, when you're experiencing decadence to that degree, like JP asked me, what's the best thing you've eaten? And I had, I was like, Oh, and I like was like fumbling my phone in my hand because I had to flip through photos because we ate, I, I ate so many incredible things sure. at these beautiful restaurants so when it comes down to it, it's more about experience than it is about the pleasure of the the dishes that you're consuming. Oh, totally. Because it's at such a high level that everything you're consuming is top flight. Some of the best things you ever consumed. But when I think about that meal, I don't think about any one thing that I ate, even though I had like this really great like rice, like this hot bowl full of rice with Wagyu and that butternut squash cocktail where I'm like, I got to do some butternut squash. It's funny. They were like, uh, don't, uh, don't juice parsnips. Don't, whatever you do, don't juice. I was like, well, I wasn't planning on it. Yeah, like, right. Don't do it. <laughs> don't tell me what to do, do devil woman. They're like, they're, yeah, we had to juice like 20 pounds of parsnips to get one cup. Oh, for sure. Uh, they were like, butternut squash has actually a lot of water content in it. We were able to, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, wow, it's funny that these guys, this is what they're doing every day is working on these drinks together. But those types of uh, interactions are what makes that type of an experience not just about being by yourself and consuming delicious food and beverage and like enjoying it on that level. You don't go all the way there. It's like a concert. If you go to a concert, there should be something happening that is more than the sum of the parts of listening to the perfectly produced Correct. album. Correct. Uh, when you're sitting at home with Spotify, and I'm not saying I could prepare those dishes or those drinks the way that they do. But the version of perfectly produced high-level audio on title is sitting there with no one really giving you an experience. But when you have that experience, that's the show. That's the showmanship and, like, the interaction and the camaraderie and mm-hmm. creating those connections with people, and that's absolutely priceless. You take, you take a five-star experience and you make it, like, a David Meltzer seven-star. You know what I mean? It's, like, suddenly this is something that you can't replicate. You can't rate it. You can't, if you come in as a critic, you're not having that experience, right? Like they're just like serving you and bowing and scraping all the crumbs off the table. But being able to connect like that is something you can only really get as a, well, yeah. as a, as a human being coming in. If, off the I street. mean, imagine if you had the same experience, right? The same dishes, but you were sitting at a table by yourself. It's wildly different. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. You, like know, gotta, you so, know, what I'm saying is like Pete Wells, I doubt is interacting with them in that way. Cause they know that fucking Pete Wells, man, be on your P's and Q's and make sure that there's not a single fucking crumb on the table. Well, but I was able to interact with them as a human, like, Hey, like yeah. let's connect. And to use the metaphor of a concert, I wouldn't, I, I love going to shows by myself, but I wouldn't want to sit in a room by myself and listen to a band play their show. Like something about that interaction and being around people also Makes it better. Sure. Like, and there's a difference between a band being Chuck E. Cheesy. Yep. Or like 
speaking to you. They're yeah. not looking at you. You're in a room of 2,500 people, right. but you still feel like you're being correct entertained or there's some like connection. Mm -hmm. Even if they never look you in the eyes, like they're doing something for you that is very special and you're connecting with them even if they will never know who you are. Correct. Absolutely. Fuck. Uh, for, all right. Restaurant experience is different. Like, if I was going to say, like, bar experience, I have... Sure. There, there's yeah. definitely a story there. But if I'm going to stick to restaurants... You can... I mean, if you feel like the bar is the way to go, then... Well, yeah. All right. So... Make it your own. Going, going back to... Going back to what I was talking about with uh, being on my own, even with my wife and, and friends in, in Ireland. My last night in Dublin, uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast. Uh, there is a singer-songwriter that I am, uh, I am very much a huge fan of uh, named Billy McCarthy, who happens to be living in Dublin right now. And our last night in Dublin, it just worked out that we met up and we had dinner. He came out and, and met up with my Future wife and guest my friends. Future guest of the pod. Future guest of the pod for sure. Been talking about it for a while. It's, trying to make it work. It's actually going to happen now. I think uh, I think we figured it out. So we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. But um, we went to this wonderful restaurant, had great food, and we were all just kind of talking. And we decided that we wanted to go out for a couple drinks. And he said, "There's this bar that I absolutely love that you probably wouldn't have been able to find. It's it's just kind of like my bar." Do you guys want to go there? We're like, sure. And it was it was a hike to get there, uh, in the opposite direction of of our hotel. And so, like, fuck it. Yeah. When are when are we gonna have somebody be like, do you want to come to my neighborhood pub? Right. Yeah. So we go there, and it's it's everything mm -hmm. you could dream of. Say yes. In Ireland, it's this uh, it's this pub called the Cobblestone, and it's it's like perfect. We walked in, and in the very front of the bar. There's uh, trad musicians playing Irish standards, and it's just like whoever shows up with an instrument just sits in. So like as we're there, there's different fiddles coming in and out, and different guitars coming in and out, different singers coming in and out, and they're all just just playing for the joy of playing. And that's one of the things that I really fell in love with in Ireland is not only is music like okay, but it's encouraged. Like just showing up at a bar with an instrument is a part of the culture there. So. I'm already just head over heels in love with this place. And it's packed like sardines. And it's like, this is great, but it kind of sucks that we're all standing. And obviously, I'm the shape of a lighthouse. So I'm just like looking around. And there's a table of six that just gets up and leaves. And nobody moves on the table. And I'm like, we're going. So we get this table in the corner. And we're sitting. We had a couple drinks. And we're telling stories. And we're laughing. And I'm, I'm looking at our friend Leah and she's getting tired, and, you know, we got to get up tomorrow, and we're flying home. Okay. And uh, so Billy went to the restroom, and my wife was like, we're going to go, but I feel like you want to stay. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> and so they head out. Billy comes back. Does Billy perform there? He has. A digression? Yeah, okay. he has. Because for... They, they very much... Uh, I, I actually... I'll give him a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, they wanted him to do, like, an original set. And he's like, I don't feel right doing that because this bar is a place where people come to play traditional Irish music. Mm. So I would rather like hang out and sing along with everybody and do that than I would. Uh, he ended up doing some songs, but it was like, it, it just didn't. He, uh, okay. He just didn't feel right doing that. Like it wasn't the right place for that. And so <clears throat> we're sitting and now we have, a, we have a six top in the corner, the only seats available. And it's just him and I. 
And there's these like college age kids that are kind of eyeing up the spots and I could just see them all looking over. So I was like, boys, if you're okay with us sitting here, like you're more than welcome to sit with us. And they're all, I would say 21 or 22, like college age kids. And uh, one of the kids leans in with, uh, I could tell you guys are American by your teeth. And I'm like, well, this is an aggressive way to start the conversation. (laughs) But flash forward half an hour and we're trading stories about cultural differences and uh, like everything they're, they're asking questions about music. And turns out one of the kids at the table is a huge Prince fan. American teeth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was just, it was so fun talking to these young Irish. They were half our age at best. And I remember being that kid. I remember that. That's something I probably would have said. Like if I was in the UK, I would have been like, I could tell you guys are English. You know, like it was just, it was the, I just read three books in my last college class and I really want to talk to you guys about politics. Yeah. And then as soon as they realized that we weren't dumb Americans, then it spun sideways into let's talk about music and whatever. So then they all, they get up and leave because they got to go home. And then this group of folks come over and one of the women loves to sing Irish music. So she just started singing acapella. And we're all there. And then another one of the guys gets up and he's kind of hammered. And it was just, it was such a great moment where we were surrounded by music of the culture, songs that are older than the bar or anybody around us. And the whole time that's just there while we're having a hilarious time having these conversations. And that, that was the same as some of the best meals I've ever had mm-hmm. was having that moment to sit and drink a few pints of Guinness and sip on some whiskey with somebody that I connect with very much, but who I've spent probably a total of 10 hours around in person. It was just such, like, those are those moments where, yeah, we've only had that, but, like, you are 100% my friend. And that was an experience that I can't replicate. And, you know, obviously the lights come on and it's, it's time to, for everybody to go. And the bar staff sent us with pints, and so we ended the night at like two in the morning, just walking down the Liffey in the middle of London and just sitting there drinking a pint, looking up at the moon and talking about the world. And that is, that's travel to me. Find somebody that you connect with and have that experience. You know, there's no backstory. We don't, yeah. we don't know each other's everything. It's mm-hmm. just connect on shit. Talk about music. Sing along with drunk people that are singing songs that you don't really know, but you might recognize the chorus. And yeah. That was, that was, to me, that was it. That was, that was that thing. I've had some incredible, incredible meals. But I would put that same thing, drinking a beautifully poured pint of Guinness and a Powers while sitting in Dublin, listening to different shades of drunkness, Irish musicians and singers, yeah. sing these songs while we were so, sort of just holding court in the corner and the world just kept shifting around us. You know, like that... That's it for me. That's and that's what a unique experience, right? How Absolutely. unique is that, right? You've never you've never seen that before, and it won't. I won't see it again. Yeah, you'll like, never have an experience unless that, you go back yeah. to the cobblestone. And and even if I did, I hope it wouldn't be the same because I want I want that to just live as a unique experience. But I feel like the experience would be different, but in maybe an equally awesome way. For sure, if you went back there, that, you know what I, I mean. I can't recommend that pub highly enough to anybody just for the caliber of musicians that were coming in and out. Like when you can be in the middle of a very serious conversation or a a story that means a lot to you and kind of everybody at the table gets quiet at the same time because there's something beautiful going on around you and just like, Oh wow, that's nice. 
that's something that I haven't experienced anywhere in all of the travels that I've had, where music just flows that freely. That's, that's remarkable. Everywhere you that's go, that's so cool. You know that that uh, you know, it's funny as you were explaining that experience that you had. Uh, it made me think about a show that Kelsey and I hold dear. We absolutely love this this show. Some somebody feed Phil. Oh, absolutely. Netflix. Oh my God, yes. The reason why I love Phil Rosenthal so much and what he brings to this show is it's a totally for me a totally different take on dining and experiencing other cultures. And most of the time, the handlers and the people that are showing him around, uh, the people that he's meeting up with that live in these different countries or states are people that he knows, but he doesn't know them intimately. Like, he doesn't know them really well. Yep. So he's getting to know them while he's experiencing this awesome restaurant, you know, whether it's a, you know, a small mom and pop shop or whatever it is, right? Um, but, I mean, they're, you know, it's funny because it's in, it's in the title song of, you know, he'll, he'll laugh with you, he'll cry with you, you know? By Lake but Street Dive, who you, I love. You know, you literally see him cry in some episodes. Yeah. And you just don't see that. And I'm not calling other, uh, you know, whatever you want, foodies or, uh, you know, Michelin star uh, chefs that, you know, have their own shows. Um, I'm not calling them pretentious, but it's free of pretension. Like, totally. it just doesn't exist on his show. In the way that he talks to people, he jokes around. Like, you can tell that he's just having fun in, if, the, in that moment. If and you're that's having what matters a, to him. If you're having a bad day, just put one of those episodes on and fast forward to the first time that he takes a bite of something. Oh, my gosh. And if you can't smile ear to ear. His reaction. Watching Phil Th- Rosenthal eat something for the first time, it's the greatest. Yes. Or when you know you know that he loves a bite when he says, come on. <laughs> or when he starts dancing. Yeah, or when he oh starts dancing. Oh, my God, dancing. it's the greatest thing ever. I just, I, I've grown to absolutely love that show. Yeah. And Kelsey and I have found ourselves re-watching them just because you, just the experience that he has, you can kind of live almost vicariously oh my through God, totally. his, his experiences. Oh, totally. And I just, I love it for that. I have like, a confession to make. I, I've only watched a couple episodes of that show, and I don't like him. Is it weird if I, I say that doesn't surprise me? Really? Okay. Well, do you, do you have a? Can you tell me why? I I want to try it again, especially now after JP's description. But I'm like, there's something about the dynamic that I don't care for. His his giddiness for everything. It, I I have a problem with giddiness. I don't. No, I just I I feel like the two of you. I don't I don't know that I can picture the two of you in a room like working well together. And it's, I don't think that that's an insult to either one of you. Okay. I, I, there's just, there's something, I, I don't know. There's something goofy about him where I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'm off. I got to give it another spin. Give it another spin. Yeah, I will. I will. It's just Marnie and I watched a couple episodes and I was like, I don't really know if I, I don't really jive with this shit. Well, I, I also part of it is that, he, he does kind of go into a lot of things blind mm-hmm. where like, he's like, I don't know what we're doing. What it was also this? the first two episodes he ever did. So oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, let go a little farther forward. To, Cause he definitely, he, I will, he also I hits will, his stride. With I will, tr- I will try again. Yeah. Cause that's somebody it's who, not like you need to watch him in order. So maybe I'll try something. Yeah. Oh, you certainly don't have to watch. I think he's somebody who also it. had to figure out how to be himself on camera. Okay. Cause yeah, I sure. will, I will say those, the first few episodes, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So hearing that makes more sense. Okay. So I'm not crazy. No, no, no. I don't just hate Phil potentially. <laughs> Maybe I do though. Maybe you do. Maybe I do hate Phil. Somebody, yeah, it's, somebody I, punch I, Phil. <laughs> oh, I just, I, there, there's, there's something so sweet. It's also a rem- reminder for me to stop being like so cynical. 
Like I, I look at him sometimes and I'm like, I should be more, I should yeah. be more Phil. Like his excitement to everything. You have more just, Phil in your life. Yeah. I could use, yeah. Fill in the blanks. Fill it in. <laughs> fill in the margins. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever, if you ever end up at an Irish pub with Billy McCarthy, uh, I, I will just say you will have the wonderful I'd time I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> uh, is it you? Oh yeah, we should, we should cheers it. If you record cheers a pod it. with, with Billy, then maybe it should be at the cobblestone. Oh my God. Yeah. In I, Ireland. I already told him like <laughs> there will be a time we weren't sure if Somebody uh, feed Bill. we weren't sure if it was going to work out for a little bit there with, uh, there's a whole bunch of shit going on and he ended up having to be in the Netherlands earlier that week. We just weren't sure if it was going to work. And he was being so kind and, and apologetic about like, ah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I was like, look, if it's not here, it'll be in some other country somewhere. Like the best part about being a wandering soul is that you never know when you're going to cross paths with, with folks. And I, I feel like uh, all three of you in this room would, would also be sort of simpatico on that. Mm-hmm. That, hey, if it doesn't work out now, it'll, we'll make it happen some other time. Yeah, That's the totally. best part about it. Is good attitude to have. We'll do it's the, a great attitude to have, yeah. We'll try the best that we can, but if it's not now, then we'll just figure it out later. Yep. And, and if we can sit in that in all of our relationships with all the people that we care about, I think that it's a pretty comfortable place to be. Yeah. And it gives everybody both grace and time, which is something that I think we all need more of. Yeah. You know? Yes. Agreed. Uh, hey, cheers. Is it? Hey. Yeah, cheers. So Ooh. I'm actually, uh, I just finished mine. So is it Lafroag time? It is Lafroag time. Uh, is it, shit, is it me? Oh yeah, it's me. Charles, would you mind pouring? Otherwise, I can grab it after I ask the question. I'm on it. I'm on it. Why don't you get after the next topic? All right. So, JP. Yes, I'm I, uh, being the Scandahoovian that I am, I fucking blah, blah, blah all day long when this kind of weather hits about what my people would call kushli or what uh, the media loves to call hige. The difference, it's the same feeling. It's just the difference between Norwegian and Danish. But it's the idea of like... What do you do to find comfort and hunker down when the weather turns cold and we get maybe a total of eight hours of sun in a day? What do you do uh, to get motivated to get out of bed? What do you do to find comfort in that to bring light into your house when the sun isn't necessarily providing it for most of the day? I mean, I guess the easy answer would be, um, you know, Kelsey and I have uh, two cats that are brothers that came from the same litter. Uh, Raphael and Donatello, which I actually talked about <laughs> on the last time I was on the pod. Yes. Uh, you know, the easy answer would be that we, you know, uh, turn on the the fireplace in the basement, uh, turn the lights down low, and turn on one of those kind of like feel-good movies, you know, like, you know, uh, kind of the, the old standbys, you know. Uh, you know, 21 Jump Street or uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall I, I, or Bridesmaids. I would just like to put an asterisk. Are you talking about the Jonah Hill Channing Tatum yes, or the actual TV show 21 Jump no, Street? Because I am, I am of both eras. So. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, who doesn't love a little Greco and death? Yes. I mean, let's, yes. let's be real. Uh, but we get them in the movie as well. Mm. Right? You are correct. For a short, for a short while, but we get them in the movie Spoiler too. alert, but fuck you if you haven't seen it. That's yeah. on you. Uh, but there's so many, I love you, man. I mean, they're uh, happy Gilmore. The list goes on and on. And that really kind of like, you know, kind of raises your spirits. But the big thing, and Kelsey and I have been doing this for years. Anytime there's a snowstorm, our favorite thing to do, bundle up, get outside, go for a long walk. Love it. Find, inevitably, we end up finding people that get stuck in the snow, that need to get helped out. We'll push their cars out. Amazing. And... 
obviously that's really rewarding to do first and foremost, but it's just good to get that person to, you know, to, to shelters, to safety, you know, may, you know, if they were having a really shitty day, hopefully that turns it all around for them and just puts them in a great mood. And then we like to go to a, a local pub or, or bar and have a couple of pints or cocktails and just kind of shoot the shit with, you know, with the staff, the bartender, whoever is on duty and uh, kind of help make their night and then give them a fat tip at the end of the night because chances are they probably aren't that busy with a 12 or 15 yep. or 18 inch snowfall, you know. Um, but that's just invigorating. It, 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 the feeling of that. Uh, it, we just had like the first heavy snowfall, uh, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, yeah. whatever that was. And we did exactly that. Uh, we live in Osseo now, right outside of the Twin Cities. It's just this awesome little town that, in the best way that I know how to explain it to people, is that it feels like, and actually Derek uh, is from that area, and actually his first job was in Osseo, so he knows Osseo really well. Uh, but hold, we hold on, hold on. Where I, I don't know this about you. Where where was your first job, Derek? Oh, you were at Dean's Supermarket. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I shop at Dean's all the time. So, so Osseo, for, for our listeners out there, Osseo is this beautiful small town that got swallowed up by the Twin Cities suburbia, but is one of the very few towns that managed to kind of hold their own identity. Yeah. Hold that same little like Main Street vibe, that beautiful small town feel, while also technically now just being a part of the city. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's 1.2 miles in diameter. It is a, a tiny, a tiny little city. But it's just, it's awesome, and it's really captured my heart. Uh, but, yeah, first snowfall we had, Kelsey and I said, fuck it, let's just throw on, you know, snow, you know our, our snow suits and just go out there and go for a long walk. So we did exactly that. We went to Duffy's, had a couple of pints and some French fries, and just hung out. And getting out there, and it's back to what you were, you know, kind of uh, piggybacking what you said earlier, just getting outside yeah. and, like, breathing in that fresh, you know, just snow, you know, that there's a certain kind of air that you breathe when it, after a heavy snowfall that is just, I mean, it just gives you life. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And there, there's also something about walking through, like, the warmth of neighborhood homes with all their lights on. There is something very, very much. Preach. Like, it just fills your soul up a little yes. bit, you know? Yes. I, I love that. Like, I, I'm, I'm a city kid through and through. And I lived uh, downtown Minneapolis for nine years. Uh, I've been in New York in the winter. I lived in, in Oslo, Norway in the winter. I love walking down, like, in between skyscrapers while snowflakes are falling. But that doesn't warm me up the way walking down, like, a street in a residential neighborhood yeah. does. And you see, you, like, there's a little bit of, like, the voyeur where you can see inside people's windows. I've been obsessed with this since I was a kid that, like, that person is in my neighborhood yeah. and lives an entire life that will probably never overlap with mine. But you see the warm glow of like a TV or the fireplace going and people sitting around with it. Like that is absolutely soul filling. Totally. For some like wild reason. Yeah. You know, like. And I mean, that, that entire walk, which from, from Central, uh, which is, you know, the, I guess the kind of the main drag in Osseo to our house uh, is probably just short of a mile, you know, maybe like half to a, a full mile. But that entire walk, I think we saw two, two vehicles the entire time. Uh, and it was so peaceful. You didn't really hear anything as you were walking. You just hear the step, you know, the footsteps and you compacting the snow as you step the, through The it. crunch of the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just peaceful. And yeah, it's, there's just something about that that we both just like cherish those moments. Do you ever, 
like kind of for a second imagine that you're on like the set of like a Spielberg movie or something. There's always, there's always something where I pretend, even <laughs> totally. though these are the streets that I know that I walk and I know that that's where, like, I don't remember all my neighbor's names, but I know all their dog's names. And I'm like, oh, well, that's where Yuki lives. And that's huh? where, you know, you walk there, but for a moment you can kind of forget that. Oh yeah. Like I'm just on the set of some magical holiday movie. Oh, it, I mean, Derek will probably agree with me that Osseo could 1000% be, the set of a movie. Oh, the for sure. The entirety of that city. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, the sad part is it would probably be like a Hallmark movie where like the, the female executive from the city has to go home for the holidays and then her car breaks down and then she gives up her career because the hot guy from high school is like a car mechanic and he's nice to her finally. Yeah. Like it's not the great plot that everybody goes with, but like that's the vibe I, I love, you know, so to all of our listeners out there, um, my mom got remarried and we moved out to Maple Grove uh, for high school. And so I went to Osseo and uh, our school was Maple Grove over- and Osseo are neighboring. Correct. Uh, and uh, our high school was way overcrowded. So they flipped to uh, open campus. Mm-hmm. But uh, being the youngest person or the second youngest person in my class, uh, I did not get my license until the summer before I turned or before I was a junior. So sophomore year, I couldn't do anything but just go wander around Osseo. And I will forever be charmed by the, the Central Ave just walking that, that street every day. Wouldn't you agree that it looks like it should be a cabin town two Absolutely. hours up north? Absolutely. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's very charming. And it's like McMansions as far as you can see in every direction around. But all the homes there are like amazing older like single family homes. Yeah. It just, it, it, like, you walk in and you know that this is just a neighborhood vibe where everybody says, howdy, neighbor, and they do, do yes. all that. I, I love 100%. that. 100%. That's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, what about you? Yeah, Charles. Charles? What's, your, what's your thought on when, uh, when the temperatures drop and the daylight disappears? How do you psych yourself up to go outside or to just get out of bed? Cursed myself with this cigar because it's smoking like... <laughs> like, a milkshake. Like a milkshake. <laughs> Fuck. I'm like, I'm pinching it so much to loosen it up that it's just, I'm cracking it and motherfucker. <laughs> well, I wanted to approach this holistically because there's so many things. Yeah. In, if you live in a cold climate and you're listening to this, there's, there's so many things about your life that change this time of year. And I do really enjoy uh, embracing the sort of homebodiness that is not natural for a person of my makeup in the winter, especially now after the pandemic and lockdown and everything. Because even during the winter prior to the pandemic, I would still you know, fill up my schedule with social events and going to bars. And I do love that dynamic of a huge snowfall and you tromp down the street in your best boots and slam the bar door shut behind you and the wind is howling and it's quiet for the first time in 10 minutes. You, you know, shiver and take your coat off and sit down with all your friends and huddle around the table with a lit candle and put down some pints or red wine or cocktails I do still adore that, but I'd say recently I've embraced the dynamic of being a homebody and uh, getting a 
big heavy blanket and curling up on the couch with my wife and our dog and our cat and uh, finding programs to binge that we've been neglecting throughout the summer and fall. Or uh, it's also the time of year that I, and it's good timing too, because it's when um, all the good releases come out, but enjoy like a good video game, like Mm -hmm. pound some hours late night into playing, you know, we were, at the beginning of this, I don't know if it'll make the cut, but uh, I'm playing God of War right now. I finally got around to Elden Ring, which I bought like eight, ten months ago and never got to play, but started really jamming on that really heavily. And What, you know, what are your thoughts? On what? On Elden Ring. Uh, at first, I was slightly disappointed. Man, I'm such a fucking critic now. But <laughs> when... so. At at the at the outset, I was a little disappointed. It's I heard it was really difficult. It's not. Sorry if you're listening to this and you're playing Elden Ring and you're struggling. Sorry, bro. There's a fucking horse. You can do whatever you want. You can do anything. You can run right through all the monsters and shit. Go play Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Bloodborne. Like it's it's okay in terms of from software games. It's too easy, but it's sprawling. It's crazy how big it is. And how many things there are to do. There's so much to do. It's fucking crazy. And I like it a lot more than God of War. I find God of War a little disappointing. We were talking about this last night. I was texting you about that. It's still a fantastic achievement, but I feel like I, I told Quam last night, just like it could, this could have been an email, this could have been DLC, because it feels like more of the same of the last God of War release. I it's, digress. It's hitting all the feeder buttons for me. So I'm, again, it, you couldn't find... Like, that and Assassin's Creed Valhalla were basically made for me to fall in love. So, it, I still got to yeah, make yeah. it till the end before I make my final sure. call, but holy yeah, shit. Yeah, and I'm getting deep, and you can see some of the story things that are really, the maturation of the storyline and stuff is, is very cool. But, ultimately, I guess that's the way I would frame this, is it's a time of year to really enjoy um, cooking, being with the ones you love, like, in your domicile, and catching up on multimedia or like curling up with a book or listening to podcasts, but just like the feeling of warmth, the lights from the, the holiday decorations or Christmas decorations or what have you. And the ambiance of like really just enjoying your space and like feeling really at home that uh, this time of year, I am embracing in a way that I absolutely never would have not just prior to these last couple of years, but also, you know, prior to making a home with my wife and our, our two pets. I, I do sometimes look forward to, and this, I never would have felt this way, but I look forward to the end of a day when you can just curl up, bundle up, get the, you know, ensconce yourself with pillows and blankets and throw on a show or play a game or something and just like really just cozy up at home. That's something that is pretty new to me, but um, I'm leaning in. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And so that's, I guess that's what I would say. And also, you know, I'm not uh, just like you gentlemen. I'm, I'm not afraid of the cold. I love the cold. Actually, one of the nice things to come out of the last couple of years was, um, and Marnie, Marnie knows this, I was geeking out about friends coming over to drink with me in the yard in the middle of winter. Yep. You know, I, I remember um, my friend, um, uh, Tad, who had been living, uh, he, was, he was my neighbor, and then he moved away. He came over with his girlfriend, Laura, in the middle of winter, 
now I suppose it would be two two winters ago, but I was positively giddy that they were coming over at night and I plugged in the lights and there was a foot of snow on the ground and I was going to go in the yard and drink with them, like light a cigar yep. and drink beers, keep them cold in the snow. I fucking love that. So that part's never been intimidating to me. If anything, like I invite more of that into my life. But if we're talking about taking the chill off your bones and like feeling a sense of uh, comfort where you're like warming yourself up, that's what I would say. I love that. I love that. I mean, uh, my folks, the same people that created the, the Kushli vibe, uh, that's where the, the word utpils comes from. It's and I thought you had an autocorrect failure when you sent that to me originally as a question. I was like, I don't know what that word is, but I'm going to keep it in here. Yeah, yeah. So because <laughs> like, I haven't, I don't, I don't know that word. So it's this, it means you know, I know the same the, thing as, as higa. Yeah, I know the higa yeah. word. Okay, so it's so the same for, thing. For whatever reason, the media embraced higa versus kushli. It's the same thing. It's the idea of of finding warmth and comfort in the most uh, like cold and unforgiving times, and I love everything about that. Uh, totally. I, as we talked about earlier, I, I really do love forcing myself to go out for walks. I think breathing in that air is very important to me. But then coming home, what I love about this, and part of it is because my wife and I, uh, we, we live in a small house. So it's, it's tough for us if we don't have the backyard to entertain a big group, which is usually what I love the most is like open my arms as much as like, everybody, come over. But what I love in the winter is spending a lot of time outside, uh, being in a sales role. I'm in and out of my car pretty much all day. My office is either at home or wherever I choose it to be. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't have an all day in the office. So I'm usually out in the elements all day long. And when I come home, if it's just going to be my wife, Jenny and I, I love cooking a big, warm, flavorful meal. I love that fucking soup town is in the house. Like, give me all the soups. Give me all the stews. Let's give me something that just, like, warms me from the inside out. And then, yeah, yeah. curling up and, and watching a show together, watching a movie together. That's the jam. But if we do have people over, I love that in the winter, some like, mostly because of size constraints, I love that if we do have people over, it's just another couple or it's just one friend. And it allows for sort of a more intimate experience with the people that you yeah. love. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, whether it's a, a friend that I maybe get to see once or twice a year or somebody that I do see on a regular basis, but we usually don't get the chance to just have it be us. I, I love that. And we've lived in this house uh, four years now. And I love our dining room table was designed by my wife and made by my friend, John. It's absolutely fucking gorgeous. It's, one of the, the prides that I have in our house. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and sitting around that table with the people that I love, when it's just four people, like we've, the most we've ever had at that table is six. And that was once. Most of the time it's three or four, if it's not just Jenny and I. And we have a record player. Uh, one of the things that I made a big push was I didn't want to have my computer hooked up because then I'll just end up DJing the whole night. So we only have a record player in that dining room. And after, I, like, usually I have a record on when people come over. And then as soon as that's done, if you're the guest, you're up. Yeah. Like, wander over there, pick something from the library. And then from there on, we all just take turns and we put music on. So you can kind of 
you can kind of let people speak through the music and then it kind of, I don't want to say forces, but it maybe organically grows an intimate conversation where we're not going to go probably outside, especially as the later it gets and the colder it gets. So we're going we're gonna to kind of appreciate this, this warm vibe and we're going to sit around and we're going to have a meal and we're maybe going to have a couple drinks and just talk. And maybe it ends up in, hey, let's play cribbage. Whatever that is, it's, it's the most intimate that I get with my, the most intimate time that I get with most of the people that I love. Because there's nothing, really, there's nothing else that we can comfortably do outside of going to a bar, which also can be fun and freeing. But and <laughs> I should say, there are times where you're like, I just need to get the fuck out of this house and I need to go yeah. to a bar. Oh, yeah. But sure. on those nights when I, like, I get home and I'm like, I'm not leaving this house again, when I make that commitment to myself, that's my favorite thing is like, I know for a fact that I will not leave this house for 12 hours. So if somebody's coming over, great. If not, also great. Let's warm it up from the inside. You know, we'll light some candles. We'll put some food on the stove. We'll get some tunes going. And all of a sudden, like the house feels warmer than it does in the middle of the summer. Oh God, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I really, truly love that. I agree with that. And like when the wind really whips as it does here in the the great plains and you could hear it like hitting the windows outside and you're literally just so warm that you're like, can't even touch me. Exactly. That's that vibe that I love. That's when I know we've done it right. You know, the other beautiful thing is the pets cuddle you in a different way. hundred percent. Oh my God. The way Lucky was cuddling me last night while I was playing God of War his head was all the way, he kept, he was getting like tighter and tighter on my arm to the point that I couldn't use the left analog. I was literally <laughs> moving his head and I was like, buddy, I That's know so you're cute. super huh? relaxed and really warm. And eventually I had to give him like a little shove where it was like, either you're leaving or repositioning. And he just like nested all the way up into my abdomen. Like, all right, well, I'll go up here. So my arms are all the way around and with the controller in the front. Like, that's just, that's. It's the best. You know, it's like a new age kind of like hearth feeling, you know, cuddling with your cat and holding your controller. (laughs) Well, Charles, I think I've told you about this. I can't remember if I've said this on the show or not, but uh, I have a a 16 and a half pound, not 17, 16 and a half pound orange tabby cat named Harold. And when I go downstairs to play video games, he knows, oh, this is my time with dad. Let's go. So he'll follow me down the stairs and I lay down and I'll get settled. And then he kind of jumps on my chest slash left shoulder. And, uh, you know, you got the haptic controller that vibrates and whatnot. He views that as purring. So he purrs back. When the controller vibrates, really, what? like at the controller, like so, like kind of, he purrs when the controller purrs. Yeah, so wow. he'll no, he what? purrs back. So I know, that's... the controller will vibrate and then he'll purr back, and it's the wildest shit. Whoa, that's really so cool. we'll play what and the fuck? he'll do that for half an hour, forty five minutes, and then it's like, all right, that that's enough. Is, that's enough stimulation. That adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and then he damn, hops off. That's damn cute, man. You're yeah, a wizard, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> he hops off me and then he sits on a chair. He basically falls asleep on a chair, looking at me. And then it's like, as soon as he closes his eyes, that's end of scene one. If I get up, if I move, if I go to the bathroom, if I go to refill my water, if I grab a drink, when I get back down, he'll wake up to me coming back downstairs. And he's like, oh, dad's here. And then we just start the process again. Start over. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> it's so, it's the cutest fucking thing oh, ever. Man. And if there was, I, I was not a cat person my entire life. Jenny has 100% me won, won me over 
to cat life. And obviously we have a dog too. I'm still a dog guy. Everyone's an everything person. Yeah. I just don't know it yet. But this, the, <laughs> that experience with him, with Harold, has yeah. become 100% my, I am a cat person. Yeah. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, you know, you're in the middle of a boss battle. It's like, that's the life. And he's just like, purr, purr. And, you're like <laughs> yeah. and it took me a little while to get used to it. But now I actually know, I feel the rhythm of uh-huh. the entire thing. Sony's about to send you a bill. <laughs> right? like, yeah. You get that full body haptic. That's an extra 250 bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the full body haptic. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be Charles. There you go. Type that one. In. <laughs> full body full haptic. Full body I haptic. was about to, but I feel like we had a very similar title. Weirdly enough. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that that's it. And and when you, I think you guys will both agree. Like, it's when you realize that moment. There's like an exhale that happens that is so freeing. Yeah, where you're like, I'm yeah. home, and home means so much more than it has nothing to do, honestly, with like the actual structure of where you're living. It's I'm saying that I am home. Yeah, and I'm comfortable. Yeah, and for somebody who didn't always feel like that ever. That is a beautiful thing. It's like cathartic. Yeah, right. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, love that. Well, uh, Charles, you want to you want to bring her home, and then I might uh, I might pour up a little bit. Are you you still good? I am. I'm still good. Okay. Yeah, I just want to remark the last thing we were drinking is the Lafroig ten year, but in the sherry oak cask, which is spectacular. Just like unfairly Dude. expensive, but it is. Really delicious. It's just like an extra velvety layer of complexity. Feels like it's a little oakier. Slight bit of sweetness. It's it's very sexy. It's so good. And that's what we drinking on now. That almost might be drinking. Yeah, I am a an absolute sucker for anything sherry cask. Absolutely, especially yeah. like in the the genus of. Scotch, Japanese, exactly whiskey, like that in that realm. Yep. Can I actually, before you go into that question, um, I don't know if I've ever talked to you, but the that Jay Rieger, the bottled and bottled. Yeah. So, Kansas City whiskey is actually an official style now uh, because of them originally in the teens and twenties, but uh, it's because they they backfill five percent with sherry and then it's aged in that sherry cask. God, that's fantastic. Uh, and it's. Like their entire expression all the way through their line, it, it's so great because that beautiful, rich fruit note just kind of carries a line through the entire thing. And I'm hoping that now that it's actually been recognized as its own thing, that more place, like more distilleries are going to open and start doing uh, things like that. Because I agree. Oh, like, dude. yeah. Give me sherry notes and anything, and yes. I'm down. I beat this cigar into submission, by the way. It's working now. <laughs> Proud of you. It does, like, just seeing the silhouette against the light behind you, it, it's yeah. it's a little bit misshapen. Yeah. But if she's smoking great, that's all hey, that matters. I put it in the figure four, and it said... I didn't realize oh, cool. it was... Yeah, you two are both smoking Lanceros, and now I feel bad that I'm not also smoking a Lancero. Yeah. Lancero winter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we've already touched on this. We talked about it quite a lot, in fact, but uh, let's talk about solo travel. You mm. know, we, we want to talk about travel because all of us have been traveling quite a lot the last couple months here so how comfortable are you with solo travel especially with us being married is it something you've grown to like more or less over the years do you have like new rituals is it something that you might want to do more of as you go along uh through your life jp um 
Yeah, I uh, I used to do a whole lot of solo travel uh, when I worked in the fashion industry, uh, and I loved it back then. But that's just because I didn't have a significant other, right? I, I didn't have somebody else that I really wanted to share the experiences with. Hmm. Uh, yep. So this trip that I just took to Tampa was that last week? That was yeah, last week. Yep. Um, was my first uh, foray into traveling solo without my significant other, Kelsey. And, um, wow. Yeah. Is it? Yes, it was crazy. Yeah. Wow. And and that's, yeah. Uh, six and a half years or however long we've been together. And, uh, I just technically, when you went to Vegas, you were with like a bunch of, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I did go to Vegas. Yeah. There's like Nate was there and like people, you know, were there and and it's so funny. different. Derek and I touched on this. No joke. Like three hours ago, we were, uh, wait, when was that? Yeah, about three hours ago. It was right around five, six o'clock. Uh, we were having a cigar, and we were talking about this exact topic, this exact topic. And I told him, I said, you know, I, as much as I enjoy traveling by myself and experiencing some really cool things um, and, you know, experiencing it in a very different way by myself solo than I would if I were with her, I much prefer traveling with her. Um, so I, I don't see myself wanting, it, again, if I was with a group of friends, right, say it was Charles and Nate, you know, uh, who's a great friend of ours, uh, and also one of my work colleagues, uh, and Derek and Kwam, or you know what I mean, like, uh, add a bunch of other people into the mix. That feels a little bit different, right? You're mm-hmm. able to kind of, uh, you know, stay in that moment and really enjoy the company that you're with. Um, but I found myself yearning to spend time with my wife and really share the experiences with her as well. Um, so I don't know. I just, I don't see myself wanting to travel solo, like just by myself. Um, if it's with a group of friends, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a little bit different. And I think again, the experience is different also, but, um, you know, even when I was in Tampa having dinner that one evening, you know, I was like, man, it would be really fun to just experience this with the Kelsey. I think she'd love these dishes, you know, or the, the ambiance of the, of the place or just, uh, you know, Tampa in general, you know? So I don't know. I mean, at least she didn't have to meet Joe Buck. That's all she I didn't have say. to meet Joe Buck. That, that's true. She didn't have to meet Joe. That's the uh, worst movie I've ever heard of. <laughs> Instead of meet Joe Black, it's just meet Joe Buck. Oh, like, please, oh. Don't. please don't. Please don't. Be a short film. <laughs> it's just no. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point. But I, I, we all love to travel, right? But I, I just, I know how much of the world and shit, even still the United States for that matter. I haven't had, I haven't seen yet that I know she too would appreciate. And Kelsey would probably be the first person to tell you that um, just like a lot of other people has reservations about traveling certain places for, you know, a plethora of reasons. And I do to some extent as well, but um, I just think that there's a certain amount of comfort that comes with traveling with your significant other that makes the experience that much more enjoyable. Uh, that, yeah, I think I'm more likely to want to travel with her or just a group of friends mm-hmm. than I would want to solo. But again, I haven't had the opportunity to travel solo where, you know, a lot of the trip is me just being able to do fun shit, you know, like yeah. just I- enjoy my time. Uh, whereas the last two trips that I've been on for work have been largely work trips um, with the occasional like dinners or cigars or cocktails, you know, at cigar uh, cigar bars or mm-hmm. cigar lounges and things like that. So, um yeah, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on your wavelength. Uh, I, I used to roll my eyes at people that said this, but I'm, I really truly am like lucky to be married to my best friend. Mm-hmm. And 
when I travel by myself, there's always a little bit of like, I wish you were here. Uh, years and years ago, I was fortunate enough to have a job whose headquarters was on Park Avenue in New York. And so I would have to go for business trips that usually were two to three days. But I would tack on one of my days off around that. Like working in the service industry, you don't get weekends off. So I, I just needed two days off during the week. Wherever they landed, they did. So on those trips, I would give myself a single day. And I loved having a day by myself in New York because I could go do whatever the fuck I wanted, as mm. highbrow or as lowbrow. Get some of that cumin lamb. Oof, come on. Maybe. Go hit a food cart that's got some good Trinidadian doubles. Let's fucking do it. Yep. But that was because, like, I knew that was my one day, and then, you know, I would go home. Um, earlier, uh, I've talked about it a little bit, but earlier this uh, fall, I got to go out to L.A. for the Taylor Hawkins tribute show, and a uh, good friend of the podcast, Nick Hempfer, was kind enough to host me, and uh, I s- still went out one night and met up with a couple other friends of mine. And uh, they both have been incredibly inspiring in their pursuits. Um, my friend Matt wrote a, a book, which ended up becoming a movie, which the book absolutely killed me. And then seeing the movie was so wonderful and having it like go to number one on Netflix. It was just really rad seeing somebody who went through such shit have that happen. Uh, by the way, just watch the movie Fire, or Fatherhood or To Kisses for Maddie if you want to read the book. Uh, absolutely. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Hart. Kevin Hart movie. Um, what Kevin did with the story, I, I thought was absolutely stunning uh, for an incredibly heart-wrenching story to end up with a movie that, that beautiful was great. Yeah. And then his wife, Lizzie, who is absolutely one of my favorite humans on earth, uh, who is a producer of Bob's Burgers and a writer and producer of The Great North, uh, to get to just spend a night out at bars with them, hanging out as like the humans that I love. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was so great. And not that it would have been weird if Jenny was there. Like, we've gone out before as couples. It's, it's great. But it was fun for me to just have the freedom to bounce around and, and do whatever. The, the Taylor Hawkins tribute show is something that I will rem- remember for the rest of my life. But that was a six-hour and 15-minute concert with no breaks. Like, there's no intermission. There's, the longest space between bands was eight fucking minutes. That's a lot for me, I, man. Wow. I'd, I feel like, I'd feel like I got to take a shit even if I didn't have to. Yeah, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. I, it was weird because there, there was never... I shit? There was never a question that I had to be there. But, like, I also don't know... That's an endurance fest yeah. at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then on top of that, knowing that you had to then leave the parking lot of the forum and take LA traffic the entire way home. Like all in all, that was about a 10 hour ask. And I wouldn't wish that. That's some old man shit. I always get into too. Like we got to leave here eventually. <laughs> right. How are we going to leave? Yeah. And there's, <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like you could What's bounce. My exit strategy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like you could bounce before the encore for that show. No. Like it was the most legendary no. lineup of musicians uh. I've ever seen. That was my Woodstock. You that can't was just my look up fucking, the set list right. and be like, I don't care about the right. Yeah. yeah. You Let's care about Ubers. every single performer. Let's of every jump that Uber song. route. I mean, they were like, like you, it was almost to the point where by the end of it, I couldn't feel feelings anymore because everything had already come out. Mm-hmm. But I, I also realized on the way home. Did you have to poop? No, no, oh, thankfully. Okay. All right. I, I, minded my, <laughs> I minded my food consumption quite well that day. But like, uh, 
so we got back and uh, Nick had to leave early the next morning. So he went right to bed and I stayed up for a while. And while I was sitting there, I just thought like, I honestly don't know many people in my life that, that would have gone through that. And it's, it's, Again, it's, uh, it was a beautiful thing, and I loved everything about it. But, like, that's a big ask. And I loved the fact that it's the only concert I've ever been to that when the lights came up at the end of the last song, there still wasn't an empty seat in the place. And even with something that amazing, with that many performers, I literally could come up with two to three people in my life that would have absolutely been okay with being there and enjoyed it the entire yep. time. And those are those kind of moments where I realize that my interests and my needs can sometimes be niche enough that that's just going to be for me. And there are a few things in the world where I, will, I would probably continue to do that. Uh, every now and then, I, I love that idea. Like work trips where I go by myself, I will always take a little extra time for me to figure something out. But when it comes down to like a full-on trip... Anything over two to three days, and there's no chance that I won't just kind of wish that Jenny was there. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's, there's too much shorthanded jokes. There's too much just, I mean, I'll, I'll be real about it. Sometimes I just want to grab her butt. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> there's just times where, like, those are the things that make me feel the most at home and the most comfortable. And that's where I start to, like, anything longer than that, and I, I just would be like, this is fun, but yeah, I wish you were here. Yep. You know, I don't know, Charles. It's interesting because I think people view this in super different ways and I think it can change as well. Sure. Uh, I solo traveled when I was single and it's different than solo traveling when you're married, of course. But I've discovered over these last couple of years that as an ambivert, as someone who requires, you know, because we're all equal, we're all varying degrees. There's like a gradation to it of uh, requiring social interaction and energy from other people as well as requiring alone time. We've talked, we've discussed this on the show. You know, I'm like a 70, 30, I'm a 70% social person, 30% need to be like in my own sphere, my own orbit. And I, so what happens with me and I do love solo travel. I've discovered mm -hmm. that I really do adore it. And it, it fuels a cell among my many battery cells that maybe I didn't think about before. But what I've discovered when I do it is at the outset. So I was in New York six days solo Day one, I have that sort of like yearning where I'm like, man, this feels like somehow wrong or it would be a, a better experience if my wife was here or like with friends or what have you. But each passing day, I find myself more comforted by just the dynamic of going at my pace, being able to do the things I want to do when I want to do them or not do the things that I thought I wanted to do when I don't want to do them. And using this recent trip that um, I came back from a week ago in New York as an example, by the end of it, I felt like 
extremely liberated by the idea of those notions being able to like go to these big deal dinners back to 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 back and go to these bars really late at night and just like step out the door and go down even though I can I can do that I mean all of this is possible because of my relationship with my wife because we're so like copacetic when it comes to individuality and independence I wouldn't we wouldn't have probably been such a good match that we married one another if not for the fact that we're so comfortable in our own skin that totally. we can have that type of an independence from one another. But as each day passed, I felt more and more emboldened, like, wow, like this feels, it feels good mm-hmm. to exist in silence and uh, um, have that autonomy to, you know, do whatever you want to do without anyone else's go ahead. Never mind. Uh, the idea of like that being your significant other, but also when you're traveling with friends, you always have to like, you got to link up, you mm-hmm. got to connect. Like what are we doing and when, and if we're not doing the same thing, when are we going to reconnect? You do that with friends, even when you, if you're yeah, just there's like a certain element of compromise, right? Yeah. Where you may not want to do the thing that the majority wants to do. Right. You know? Sure. There's yeah. yep. Or like if you're even traveling, like if I'm just traveling with my brother, for instance, and we're always going to be doing the same things which usually works out fine but it's 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 a totally different dynamic and i fucking love it mm-hmm. it's like a entirely different experience and it speaks to what i remarked on earlier about being able to have a meal and to observe everything happening around me uh just see like the world pass by you almost feel like a fucking ghost totally when you were talking about walking through uh ireland with your headphones on I was so I was thinking about how in New York I would have my airpods in my pocket but uh, I seldom put them on because I just loved milling through the town and hearing you know cars honking and snippets of people's conversations I just loved being an NPC Mm -hmm. you know I'm not the main character I'm just an NPC I don't belong here I'm not from here and just kind of like wisping through the streets like an apparition i loved that and i love it and that hold on can i jump into that because yeah the reason that i put my headphones in is because that's what makes me an npc because once i have a soundtrack then what i am in my head what i am is i am the b-roll footage before (laughs) the plot starts i have i have set my music to whatever i feel like the vibe is sure and then I walk through, and that's my, once I have the headphones in, I don't exist <laughs> because I can't hear anything going on around me. I've set, like, it's literally the opening credits or the end credits to whatever movie I have in my head. But it's the same, literally, it's the same, I'm doing that for the same effect as you not having them in. Sure. And that night in Dublin was a reminder of, like, holy shit, you're missing an entire element of that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That like literally, so that was that was it for me. I I texted Marnie while I was walking through uh, Nolita one night, and I basically texted her, "This is my ocean." About for sure, New York City. Yeah, because you know she likes being on the beach and like reading a book on the beach and like getting in the water and stuff. For me, I want there to be a bar on the beach if I'm going to be there, and you know, the seagulls and the waves and stuff. It sounds cool, but for me, like. 
the honking horns and people's fleeting conversations to me, those are the sounds that are like my ocean. I'm so with you. Oh so when God, I was yeah. like just traipsing through the streets and listening to people have snippets of conversations, yo, that's the wrong door. Oh, they offered me 120000 Hey, you coming to meet me? You deserve to be treated like a queen. Like just those little, you hear just like one sentence and then you're on to the, the next seagull. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was I, her roommate. Oh, I love it. Like walking through Washington Square Park and having my first rat run across Absolutely. my feet and Absolutely. being like, yes, my first rat. Everyone else is like, fucking rats. And I'm like, hey, hey, Master Splinter, what's up, baby? <laughs> That's, I, I, I really do adore that ability to just be within myself and to experience things in any way. Yeah. You know, I could have turned around in the park and gone back the other way. I could have took a right and got out of the Soho Cigar Lounge. I could have taken a left and gone to Double Chicken Please. Or I could have gone back to my room if I so chose. I love it. And um, I'm not saying I want more of it. I want just as much of it as I have right now, which is a little bit. It's about a cumulatively like a week a year where I'm able to experience the world outside of my comfort zone. Yeah in the comfort of my own company that I, I, I love it. And totally. I know that that's, I know not everyone feels that way. Um, and I've had these types of conversations with friends previously about, Oh, I could never do that. Or, Oh, I love to do that. So it's interesting to hear people's purview on that particular subject, but I love it. And it's, again, it's like filling one of like 30 battery cells in my system that, maybe wasn't or would not otherwise be filled. It's, it's funny because that entire explanation is exactly why I go to concerts by myself. Like that's, that's all of that. Yeah. It's like a little, that's that, like a, that's that, like a tiny trip. That battery fill is exactly mm -hmm. it. It's a dopamine hit that I love where I don't hear my voice and I don't have to worry about anyone. Right. I just get to go and experience the thing that I love yeah. more than anything mm -hmm. and else. And you can on choose yeah. how social you want yep. to be yep. because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. you know my thing is I'll make a I'll make friends anywhere. I make friends in the shitter. Like I'll take a piss next to somebody and then I'll come out and I'll be like, "Marnie, this is Mark." And she's like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? What are you oh, talking about?" Oh, Jenny, so, I'm so sorry. I know you feel <laughs> So like, well, here's the other thing I'll say is is some places I feel lonelier than others because a uh, year and some odd months ago when I first got my Jeep, I wanted to dip out to Chicago and hang out with Jeb and Eden, friends of the program. Hello. And I spent an evening in Madison, and Madison was, like, vacant for some reason the night that I was there. And I did feel really lonely sure. because it wasn't that I wasn't with anybody. It was that there was no one there. There was no one around. It was just, like, vacant. Yeah. But in a city like New York where... A, a, a city that gets a totally bad rap because everyone there is so forthcoming, friendly. Absolutely. Like people are like, oh yeah, people in New York uh, are um, uh, unabashed and don't have a filter. I'm like, I don't think that's it. It's just people will just like talk. They're not afraid. Everyone's social. People will just have a conversation. Because you, you. Got, you gotta be, you're, you're on top of everyone all the time. Yeah, and right. I fucking love that. Mm -hmm. It's all strangers. It's all um, single-serving friends. You know, I don't. We don't all add each other on social media. 
or you post up at a bar and then someone ends up being posted up at the bar next to you and maybe they're in a similar position as you and you start having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, that's such a beautiful thing. What, what you said about uh, like feeling lonely, I think that's also part of it for me is for years, and I've talked about it before, I went around the country opening bars for a couple of different investment groups. And it seems like a very glamorous thing, but when you're living in a hotel room or a very sparsely furnished one-bedroom apartment and you have to live somewhere for a month plus, the glamour is gone. You've done the fun things, and now you're just stuck living there. And that cured some of that for me because I've been alone in a city that I don't know anybody in, and after a while, it just gets old. And you end up sort of forcing yourself into bar friendships or restaurant friendships with people. And it's not, like, even I, like, in the middle of it, I know that this isn't, this is old. You guys travel for business for different reasons than I travel for business. And there's a precedent there as well. And it's a thing that I say to friends a lot, too, is, you know, like a good friend of ours started traveling for business, and I remarked to him, oh, that seems, it seems sexy for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you got to do all that travel stuff to go to work. Yep. So your commute now is like a 13-hour commute. And then you're like, work, work, work. And then you go to your dinky room mm -hmm. and you like watch HBO and fall asleep. And then you go work, work, work. And then you watch HBO and you wake up and you get on the plane and you Correct. do 13 more hours of travel. Correct. And I think that can also change the dynamic for some people. I, that's similar to working in any libations-based industry. I say like people will leave their 401k six-figure job to get a beer on a Tuesday afternoon. And I'm like, buddy, that's not going to satiate you for very long. Yeah, That will sate you for a month. And then you're going to be like, wow, I really liked health insurance. Yep. <laughs> you know? That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I love the fact that... Not every brewery, not every brewery job. Right. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? But I, I do love the fact that like, we all have the, the pluses and minuses of that. Like, there is, when you're in, I, I am not the authority in healthy relationships by any means, but I think when you're in a healthy relationship that you really believe in, the, the want, not the need, the want to be with the person that you love is always there, but also the, the mm -hmm. need to be who you are is there. And if you have a, a solid relationship, both of those sides should be absolutely encouraged and celebrated. Yeah. And whatever that ends up being, like, again, JP, you and I are on the sales side of things. There are times where I don't want to have to sell anything anymore. There are times where I don't want to have to sell how my day was or anything. And I love that I'm in a relationship with somebody who understands that. Mm -hmm. And that same thing on a grander scale is there are times where I want to go do a thing that I know you don't want to do. And I'm glad that you're very comfortable with me going and doing that. That said, if I wanted to go do something really big and cool, you're the only person that I want there. Like, I love my friends. Fuck them. The only human being that I want there is my partner. Yeah. And I also very much cherish that. Yeah. Where there are incredible moments in my life that I would, I would pay every fucking dime that I am worth to just have been able to like gleep her there yeah. just so that she could 
be there with me so that she's a part of that memory. Yeah, I feel that same way. You know? I feel the same way. Yeah. But, like, there's something to be said for, well, at least for me, that I can separate the two because, mm-hmm. you know, when I was talking about Atomics, yeah. I when I was there, I was like, I would love to come back here with Marnie. It's not necessarily, I wish she was here right now, but she would love it. Totally. I would love to come back here with her. So there's... It's just a different. It's, it's, it's a both. different. It's a different yep. context. Yeah, it's definitely both. Absolutely, I, I think it can be both. I think there are there are, again, there are times where I've had experiences where it was the greatest thing in my life, but like she wouldn't have cared. It's it's stuff that I'm into that she's not, and that's totally fine. The like uh, when you were with Billy and everyone was singing stuff. I bet you thought it'd be cool if she was there, but also it was like she wouldn't want to be there. It was a great experience yep. on its on its face, mm-hmm. right? Like it's also. You know, maybe in another time you could go back there and it would be a totally different experience, but Jenny would be there with it you. Was, it was, like, I gave her a very warm hug when she said she wanted to go home because she also understood that I wasn't going to come home until later, obviously. But, like, that was, a, that was a beautiful moment where she understood this means a lot to me. Sleep means a lot to her. She, we have to travel internationally. And then literally she got home, we got home at 1030 and she was on a plane the next day for a work trip. Like there also was more mitigating circumstances in that. But I will say that I have not had a relationship previous where it wasn't like, we, we have to go. She was like, no, like, I want you to stay out. Like I see, I see the way you boys are looking at each other. Like just <laughs> hang out. Yeah, and yeah. that also is an incredibly freeing thing. You know, uh, this last year, her and I traveled separately more than we ever have before, and I'm glad that we both had the experiences that we had. That said, I'd still just rather be with her most times, but there are still times where yeah, I know that this is more important to me. And if being at home and relaxing and chilling with the dog is more important to you. I also know that you'll trust me to go and do my thing and then come back and, and, and we can be totally. together. Yeah, because isn't that a part of it? Absolutely. Like, I, don't, I don't think Marnie would New York how I New York. Correct. But I want to New York with her really badly, but it would be a very different mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. right, than what I have experienced the last two years in the you know cumulative two weeks that I've spent there. I would have an equally awesome, if not better experience with her. It would just be, it would be different. different. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. That's, that's a perfect way to, to kind of end that. I love that. Hell yeah. JP, I love you. I love you too. Happy birthday. Thanks buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, did you get, are you still a birthday present person? I feel like we should ask. Did you, was, was there a, did you buy anything for yourself? Did you, is, is there a thing? Well, I mean, it's the day after my birthday, and uh, I did actually just commission another. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, hoping for. With Derek today, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited to get that. Can you talk about it? Do you, what, oh, yeah, of the, course. Yeah, yeah, it's just a really awesome tweed coat. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hey. And I'm the world's best gift giver because last year I gave him a humidor, and this year I designed a beer label for Falling Knife for Double Fray Shoots that is a Chimera because his photography and social media chimera studios. companies. Yep. Yeah. 
and it came out this week. How cool is that? Amazing. I didn't. Nec- I actually did not know it was coming out this week, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, that worked, I, that worked out well. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> I may or may not have gone out for a drink with the owner of Falling Knife, and he may or may not have bragged about how dope it was. I so may or may not have heard about you guys going out. Well, he asked me to come, but I've yeah. got some shit going on with my car because I got in a car accident on my way to the airport to go to New York. I uh, apropos the universe being like, calm down, son. It's been it's been fun. Uh, you know, uh, we we talk a lot about Minneapolis St. Paul on this show, and uh, it's a it's a it's a beautiful small community that's also a, a large city. You know, obviously we're not competing with the major cities around the world, but we have an incredible food community. We got all the major sports. We we're have an cute. incredible we're cute. Yeah, we have an incredible theater yeah, community. We're cute. We're rad and uh, cuties. I'm not going to talk about it right now. We'll maybe do this on a later show, but I got some some big changes coming up in my life, and it's been pretty changes. It's been pretty rad uh, how how the city has responded. I'm 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 very flattered, and and Dan was incredibly kind. So it was it was very fun getting to celebrate uh, all the successes and changes in all of our lives. As Love somebody <laughs> somebody that I know originally through THC, it's very fun to have this be full circle with him. So, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, oh yeah, I'll cheers to that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, JP, how would people follow your uh, cigar love and your career? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, obviously, follow Bovida Inc. Inc. Bovida Inc. on uh, on Instagram. Obviously, Facebook as well. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on everything, but, uh, if you want to follow me, it's just, uh, it's Bovida underscore JP, uh, on Instagram. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I obviously care greatly and I'm very passionate about the brand that I work for and, uh, yeah, follow me there and you'll find out a lot more about Bovida and what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. So for our listeners out there, uh, if somebody was maybe curious about some advice, uh, if they were like a novice like me when it comes to cigars, would you maybe entertain, uh, like getting a message from somebody asking oh, God, for some yeah. advice about that? Yeah, message me, um, message Bovida. Uh, there are a plethora of different awesome YouTube videos that we've made about everything. Uh, what's the best relative humidity for you? How many Bovidas should you use in your humidor? Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. How to, you know, uh, cut and light your cigar. I mean, it's, it's really great. I mean, there is uh, just this endless amount of education out there for people that are curious about getting into smoking cigars because there is a stigma attached to smoking cigars, right? Uh, just the same as maybe there is in a lot of other industries or uh, hobbies and things like that. But um, we, we try to make it feel comfortable to enter, you know, this, this industry, if you will, uh, without feeling, you know, that there is any degree of like, you know, pretentiousness or anything, you know, pertaining to smoking a cigar. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of, YouTube is a great spot. Find sure. us on YouTube, Bovida. Love it. Um, Charles, also as events director here at Club Caraway, is there anything that we want to shout out or maybe just keep a watch for uh, come 2023? Yeah, I mean, we touched on it early on. If you're a local and you want to do a private event, beautiful space, split level, if you want to come down to the chambers, smoke cigars down here, or be upstairs uh, in the carriage house and enjoy some drinks at the bar, we have those opportunities available to you. If you want to have a beautiful bespoke suit, which we talked a lot about, contact Derek, but yeah, Club Caraway, baby. And um, I am super excited to try the 
balanced and foundry nation mm-hmm. products you gave me today because you gave me the roll on CBD Correct. for my shitty ass neck that I'm super, super excited to give a shot. They make such incredible products and it's been so fun. We've talked about it before. Uh, actually on the last episode, uh, the CBD dog treats uh, for my dog, Foundry Nation and Balanced are are just always loving them. Oh, it's just amazing. And always loving those Foundry treats, right? Like so damn good. And it's uh, I've I've kind of gone through the pantheon of the gummies. I have yet to find something that doesn't work for me. There's different stages of of things that I love, but everything is great quality. Like. For me, the one thing, like, as somebody who has allegedly made his own gummies for a long time, the one thing I couldn't get right was, like, that perfect, like, toothsome bite. They fucking nail it. Like, everything is just such great quality. So can't thank them enough for uh, all the response. It's really cool seeing how much they're popping up around the cities. So uh, It's crazy. Like, you were with Dan from Falling Knife last night, and they started carrying their uh, THC beverages at the tap room. And when he told me that, I remarked to him because he had no idea. That's our sponsor uh-huh. on, on Libations for Everyone. It's also kind of rad. They have a they have a strawberry flavor, and uh, I tried it for the first time after our last show. And I was trying to put my finger on like what it was, and I finally uh, I texted the guys, and it is a clone of Sharkleberry Finn Kool Aid. What? And holy shit! It was my holy childhood shit. all over again, and it is. It, as soon as I had that locked in, that was every sleepover where we were gonna we were gonna beat whatever game we decided. Mega Man Two, maybe like who knows? Like, God of War could be, uh, could be Ragnarok. Maybe we need. You need it for Berry Ragnarok. Sharkleberry Finn mm-hmm. absolutely could be a, a villain. Yeah. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. You need it. Yeah. <laughs> you need it to beat Ragnarok. But it's yeah, it's been it's been great and uh, Valkyries are tough. Looking forward to doing more shit with them. We'll find out which THC beverage will defeat the Valkyries fast enough. Yeah. Uh, and shit, while we're giving shouts out, uh, I talked about Billy earlier. Uh, listen to the Augustines. Just Augustines on or Spotify. Or watch Augustines. Or watch uh, Rise: The Story of the Augustines uh, on Amazon. Right. Yes. Whatever you want to do. Uh, it's a band, and he'll be on eminently. Yes, we'll, we've been working on it for a while, and we're going to make it happen. And uh, he is soon to be loca- relocating, uh, but we actually have figured out, and he has a podcast coming out soon as well. So we'll talk more about that. But uh, if you want to hear some incredible music, just uh, go on Spotify or whatever your streaming music is and listen to Augustine's. Mm-hmm. Get your bovada with your bud. Get your bovada with your with your cigars. Crack a, a Foundry Nation THC beverage, have a cigar, and listen to some amazing music. I promise you, you will have a wonderful night. Yes. <laughs> uh, but until next episode, damn it, we love you. Hope you're, uh, hope you're warm. Hope your kushli or higa is getting on. If you're somewhere warm, I mean, kind of fuck you, but also I'm jealous. It's a little cooler. <laughs> if you're above the equator, it's a little cooler. Yeah. But, yeah. We still love you. But either way, uh, yeah, we love you, and we'll see you next episode. Peace. <laughs>